It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. The stream is streaming and the packets are passing, and it's Titanic Tuesday on the horn. Yeah. Uh, it is, in fact, the, uh, it is the 15th day of November, 2022. This is the horn. Head on live is where you go if you'd like, if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that takes place during the... Three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to the podcast and for listening to the program live, for listening on TuneIn, despite their ads, for which we get paid precisely bupkis. Um... But thank you. And thank you, Theo, in the chat room. Cheers, Miss Robin. Cheers, Theo. Thanks for that. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, if you pop by the chat room right now, you'll be greeted by early arrivers, uh, Squeaky and Anatole and Theo, and capably moderated by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, who, being a third stage guild navigator, has folded space to become Man Cave. And he is capably assisted by his pal and uh, neighbor to the not-so-terribly-terribly-distant-north, uh, Roger in Oregon. Uh, did I do the hi, I'm Robin part? Yeah, because hi, I'm Robin. And like I said, it's Titanic Tuesday, and every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So that means that on this here 15th day of the month, halfway through November, uh, we are uh, saying thank you to our 15th day of the month uh, subscribers. That's Robert and Nagla. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. And, uh, you know, you're, you're an integral part of keeping this little independent, liberal, non-corporate, non-capitalist broadcast effort on the air. Now, um, fundraising-wise... Here, halfway through the month, we are uh, in the hole to the tune of uh, $1,130. 
So that's 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 rough. That's difficult. And program note, no program tomorrow. So that makes it even harder than it otherwise would be. But just the same, if we can knock some of that out, I will. Uh, and and frankly, the rest of the community will be very much grateful because it's it you know it, it gets ah look it's just uh, it's tough when it's like this um, when you know because like I said the cold weather's here uh, it's seventy three degrees in the fabulous Horn Studios at the magnificent Kincaid Mansion but outside mm, outside's a different story. It's uh, pretty much dusk and uh, 42 degrees. It's raining. It's going to turn to snow overnight. And, um, well, we're going to be absolutely savaged by uh, Appalachian Power. I think that you know, they're probably looking for another rate increase somewhere along the way. Uh, this is, like I said, the 15th of November, so... That means at 9 o'clock tonight, oh my, don't know, uh, it's, uh, ah, uh, I guess, uh, Dimwit Domitian, the uh, uh, Clementine Caligula, and what, what did I see some, some notable blue checkmark Twitter account refer to him the other day as? Uh, uh, Mandarin Mussolini. Somebody's paying attention. Yeah. Uh, he's going to, I guess, announce his presidential candidacy. My guess is because he knows how hot the heat is, and he knows there are indictments coming, and in the weird and um, in, in, in the weird and twisted way in which his uh, you know, the, the spirochetes that swim around betwixt his ears and shriek at him day and night process information. He thinks he'll be less prosecutable, that somehow the fact that he announced a run for president means that he shouldn't be prosecuted for the crimes uh, he very likely has committed. Uh, well, so, I, 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 you know they will, and I'm just going to be... Just going to be disappointed all over again. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, none of them should carry him live. Fox News, I don't even, I wonder if Fox News TV Radio Rwanda will do it. Because uh, they're apparently not much of a fan these days. Um, but it would be nice if it was met with no live coverage. That's probably... That's that's probably not the best um, thing you might want to run out there, you know, bet on. But it is. It's it's Titanic Tuesday. It's a day for and like I said, no program tomorrow. Let me say it again, no program tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna be uh, away from the studio. But it's Titanic Tuesday. And that means that, uh, yeah, that's the that's the real question. Uh, back to Nitwit Nero, Theo asking in the chat room. Yeah, but wouldn't announcing an intention to run screw with his ability to have the RNC front money to him for those whopping legal bills? That's been the running understanding. Uh, 
And I don't know if maybe he's maybe he's negotiated some way around it. Or look, come on, who are we talking about? We're t- yeah, this is the guy with the very big brain, the best genes, only the best genes. He'll probably announce an exploratory committee or some such it, without actually declaring his candidacy. But he'll somehow make it sound to the to the maggots who are you know. If you own what I mean, um, they'll 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 think he's off and running, and he will grift for all he's worth, um, because that's the that's the whole goal, anyway. Uh, let me check something here. just sent a message to Brother Deacon Asa because for some, it looks to me, at least from my end, like uh, and maybe it's and maybe it's on my end, like there's domain name server issues with regard to the uh, uh, Horn website but nobody else is telling me they're having problems, so it probably is me. Hey. Yeah, he's uh, well we'll see. We'll just see, okay? But why, Darlene in Connecticut asks, why is this criminal orange asshole and what he says and does, including his constant criming, still being normalized by the corporate media? They never fucking learn. Well, I don't know that they never learn, Darlene. I mean, it, it, if, it, if it sells the soap, they runs the program. And... Well, you know, we saw from the, uh, the from the firing of Tiffany Cross that there's a a bit of a sea change in place at uh, MSNBC, uh, and maybe they don't want to hurt the delicate and tender fifis of the uh, mango monstrosity. Oh, there it is, a, a billable Rick. Robin, stop telling us that it's always about you. <laughs> okay, Rick. Okay. Hey, man, I hope you, you and Brian had a wonderful day uh, uh, up on Mount Rainier. Uh, it didn't look like it was good golfing weather, but maybe if you use those really bright fluorescent orange golf balls. I, I don't know. Uh, okay, okay, so it's not just me. Ralphs tells me I just tried the Horn website and it, it appeared funky. So... Uh, I'm glad to know it's not just you. Now I wonder, you know, I wonder if it's a, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's a Winders thing. I I, I don't know. Um, loud and clear on head on dot live. Thank you, Lee in New York. So, like I said, it's a Titanic Tuesday, a day for taking note of manifestations of tremendous Titanic. Attempts at intellect on the part of the right wing. Hey, look, there's an iceberg. Let's ram it! Uh, that, that just encapsulates. Ah, ah okay, okay. That just, but no, that, 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 that just encapsulates right wing uh, cogitation. There it is, there it is. Billable Rick answering a question from earlier. Um... Uh, we all thought it was, uh, Jude mentioned it was, it was a song that 
Billable and I both like, and uh, I posited the guess that it was back in the USSR by the Beatles, but no, it wasn't. Uh, Billable says the song on Friday at SeaTac Airport was Al Stewart's Road to Moscow. Aha. Yeah, before Year of the Cat, uh, that, that, that got a little bit of uh, chart attention and was, uh, that was off of the uh, Modern Times album. Which also yields up, like, like I said, one of my, well, one of my favorite, one of my favorite lyrics about November. I got Earth, Wind, and Fire in September, in November. It's the kind of gray November day that washes away reflections in the eyes of hotel porters. And the latticed wooden benches by the sea contain no travelers or Irish lady authors. And the girl in the raincoat walks the lanes of Brighton with her collar turned against the wind and huddles in doorways of second-hand bookshops among the dust and fading print. Damn, that's just such an amazingly evocative... Yeah, right. And from the department of Here We Go Again, uh, murdering with impunity continues. Ron and Raleigh sent us a note to get us started. The U.S. today has decided to investigate the murder of American journalist, journalist Shireen Abu, uh, Shireen, Shireen Abu Akleh, last May. The Israeli government has changed their story about what happened three times, initially claiming it the Palestinian shot her during a gun battle. And then they said, no, nah, the IDF shot her during a firefight with Palestinians. And then they looked at the video, and that didn't, that didn't add up. And uh, so... Uh, uh, they came to their third story, which was, uh, you know, we don't, it's, it's inconclusive. We don't really know. Uh, yeah. Defense Minister Benny Gans has stated that the U.S. investigation is a grave mistake and that Israel will not participate in the violation of their internal affairs. Uh, Gans essentially stood at his press conference with his hand out while telling the U.S. to kiss his ass. Ron says, I'll venture a guess that the result of the U.S. investigation will not bring any justice to the family of Ms. Akla, and we will continue to fund this murderous regime, which will be even more vicious now that the uh, psycho Bibi, Keskese, has been reelected with more right-wing coalition. Palestinian blood will flow from American help. The U.S. is the only country that can stop the bloodletting, but we won't. Which leads to a second story in the news today, because... Today's story, today, it felt, it felt like today's program would have kind of a Ukrainian flavor to it. Uh, uh, the, Isra- the, uh, uh, the Israeli government called the Ukrainian ambassador to Israel in to uh, dress him down. Because Ukraine participated in a vote... Um, in favor of a call for Israel to end its occupation of the West Bank. Israel did not like this. But then again, when Ukraine needed Israel to step up for them, Israel was like, nah, I don't think so. So there's a little tit for tat going on. And it's, uh, to say the least, the temperature is a little warm over there. Not, no, not, not climatologically, but certainly geopolitically. That thing 
which many of us have long feared could lead to a lot worse things, has happened. Uh, two Polish nationals, two Polish citizens, were killed uh, in the last 24 hours or so. They were killed, apparently, by uh, uh, a Russian missile attack, because as uh, Mother Russia's thugs and punks and dead-enders and hard cases and crooks and, you know, whatever, whatever scum Putty could cobble together for his illegal invasion of Ukraine, as they retreated, because they're getting their asses handed to them, um, well, Mother Russia responded by attacking civilian infrastructure with a massive uh, missile barrage uh, as big as anything that they've done since the beginning of the war. And one of those missiles, apparently, as many had feared, somehow managed to not land in Ukraine or hit in Ukraine, but instead Poland. And so nations uh, that were already on the edge are even more so now with uh, let me pull the story up here Um, heads of state in the Baltic region saying every inch of NATO territory must be protected because there's a growing sense that Putin has... uh, Well, folks were worried about him to begin with, and they're afraid that um, he's he's slipped a gear and that as Russia becomes less and less in charge of the situation, that he may be more and more likely to do something monstrously stupid. He's isolated. He doesn't have uh, a lot of contact with his leadership. And, uh, well, I guess something went a little funny. You know, funny. With one of their missiles, and it went to Poland instead of Ukraine. And <sighs> Yeah, that's uh, worrisome. Indeed. Um, so basically, uh, Europe is on edge. Um, there is fear that there is a sort of dissolution taking place in the Kremlin. A bunker mentality has long since set in. And one hopes that cooler heads will prevail. The U.S., meanwhile, is uh, trying to walk back some comments made by Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair General Mark Milley, who said that uh, 
where peace is a possibility, peace must be grasped with both hands and is uh, made, made mouth noises like he wanted the United States to maybe negotiate a separate peace. We saw how that worked out with uh, old that little fella back in, what, 1938? In what was then Czechoslovakia? Oh, no, just let him have it. No, it's okay. No, 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 no. Uh, we'll, we'll, um, the Neville Chamberlain will go over and negotiate a separate peace, and that's all, yeah. It is uh, worrisome. Say the least, worrisome. So, watch and wait and worry. Um, let me see here. Uh, getting some tech instructions from. Ah, yes, thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. The chat room is back to looking normal. I, uh, he instructed me to do a control refresh. And things uh, things look like they're supposed to look now. Oh, well, we got a, we got a moderating party going on in the uh, in the chat room. Um, pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all-around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgistan, has entered the fray. Not that there's much of a fray. Um, sorry, Poland. Lee in New York says uh, Pudi can claim it was Bergen basement unguided missile. It's just a unfortunate accident. We when the missile goes up. Who knows where it comes down? It's not my concern. Says Vladimir Putin. The rhyme. The rhyme was originally designed, uh, written for uh, Werner von Braun. Uh, so that's that's all of that. Now, uh, apparently, a, bun a bunch of barking and grunting and hooting on the part of the uh, Thedum Caucus has come to naught because the uh, House Republicans voted today and they nominated Man of Silly Putty, Kevers McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. Um, he still has a bit of a row to hoe. It was the Republicans who will be in the next Congress who voted. And, uh, well, the Fee-Dumb Caucus is not quite as cohesive as they've usually been. Marginal Trailer Queen, she of the Jewish Space Lasers, well, um, she is, she's breaking um, because Andy Biggs, the other, uh, the, the other maggot prince in the house, I guess she's the maggot princess and he's the maggot prince, um, Andy Biggs, challenged Kevers McCarthy got all of 38 votes um, or I'm sorry 31 votes Kevers got 188 
but that but but marginal trailer queen on the other hand said that uh, she was of the opinion <laughs> as if she has enough brains to have an well no she's got opinions they're not just backed up by a lot of brains though uh, she went on uh, Stevie Three Shirts tawdry little podcast uh, The War Room they always like to talk about war uh, these mag- and, and uh, yesterday and she said that uh, undermining Kevers was bad strategery because mm-hmm. well Marge has been a couple of uh, nearly two years, you know, her entire tenure in the House so far, uh, without a without a, a, a seat in any committees. So the fact that she broke with the Feedum Caucus, Feedum, to support Kevers, sounds like speaking term we were using only moments ago, she has made a separate piece. And Lord only knows what the deal is. Because it wasn't that long ago that she was saying, uh, they're going to have they're going to have to seriously kiss my ass. And it sounds like Kevers may have puckered up. Who knows? But here's the thing. It's not, it's not a done deal because this is just the Republican nomination for the job. The entire House of Representatives, after the new Congress is sworn in, the entire House of Representatives votes on who will be the Speaker. And there are still some people who don't want Kevers McCarthy, man of silly putty, to lead them. And... Uh, among other things, that, uh, well, uh, uh, representing Don Bacon, uh, he's from Nebraska, Stan. NBC News talked to him, and he said, uh, I would work with some Democrats to elect a moderate Republican to the speakership if we can't get together behind a candidate. Because, you see, that's the thing. At 188 votes, if the Fedum Caucus stands pat at 188 votes Kevers doesn't have enough votes to win hell Nancy might have enough vote, more votes than um, so now um, among other things desperate the uh, uh, the maggots the pig lickens in the house some of them have decided to go and have a chat with with, uh, Henry Cuellar of Texas. The last anti-choice Democrat on the national scene to switch parties and come over and bark and grunt and hoot and moan with the maggots. That's interesting. I wonder if he'd put the shiv to Nancy Pelosi. Considering everything that she did for him, 
it would be some dirty ass skullduggery for him to do it. Um, this is a real watch this space kind of moment. Uh, now, uh, uh, the, the LA Times interviewed Representative Mike Garcia from Santa Clarita. His race hasn't been called yet, but he's in the lead over his Democratic challenger. He said, oh, we're going to be able to get things done regardless of how thick our majority is. But we've got to be unified as a team. Yes, yes, Emilio, absolutely. Kevin McCarthy has a road of hoes. How did that happen? Nah, he's the man of silly putty. Don't, no. no. He might be. He might be caught doing some nasty things, like you know, maybe participating in an insurrection or some such. But no, no, I don't. A sex scandal is the one thing that never particularly struck me as something that uh, Kevers would be involved in, because that would have to involve at least a modicum of passion. Um. This is about as close, I guess, as we're going to get to that that news article we wanted to see. You know, Republicans in disarray. And there's talk of, you know, gridlock. Come January, nothing getting done. And I love how the L.A. Times compares the infighting inside the... the, the uh, uh, the GOP with uh, the Democratic side. Current Speaker Nancy Pelosi, D. San Francisco, knows the challenges well as she has had to navigate between Democrats, moderates, and progressives with a narrow majority. Even in a relatively straightforward story about infighting inside the Republican Party, Bless their hearts at the L.A. Times, they can't resist a little bit of both-siderism. Both sides do it! But the thing is, Nancy Pelosi has never had to navigate between moderates and, and progressives in her party, up to and including having members who talked about Jewish space lasers. Uh -uh. Or, or, or Q-ballery. Or hoping that Q is real. There's a, a, yeah. Jesus. Well, I, I hope I hope it's just a, a, a long line of Excedrin headache number six thousand three hundred and twenty-two point six nine. Um. Trump may yet be speaker, says Randy Radar, and then they'll work on impeaching Biden and Harris. Yeah, but they can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it, with whatever majority they wind up, I, I guess, yeah, they could they could win a narrow they could win a narrow vote to impeach. But it ain't going nowhere in the Senate. And apparently, not everybody is on the uh, is is on board. With the uh, with with all the goofy impeachment talk, 
Oh, and big news, big-ish news, out of um, almost level West by Coal Manchinia stand today. Wanting to, I guess, get out in front of things. Um, newly re-elected member of the House, Alex Looney Mooney, uh, said, Yep, I'm going to... And I, You heard it here first, y'all. He confirmed that he will run for the Republican nomination for Senate in 2024 to then run against Joe Manchin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can can hear the moaning and groaning and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I've done it, too. But we really don't have much of a bench here in West Virginia on the Democratic side. We used to, but back when the Democratic Party became a cult of personality for Joe Manchin, eh, the bench kind of dried up and blew away. And we had us a red wave here, didn't have, you know, Florida and West Virginia, red wave, we. <sighs> but Looney Mooney has announced his candidacy. And he will have a, and this is a complex political science term, shit ton of money with which to attack Joe Manchin. Um, And there's some, you know, there's some, there's some uh, stuff there. Anatole says, I miss Rockefeller. Hell, Anatole, I miss Bob Bird. But back when, you know, when, when, when the census data came through, and we had, a, we had a primary in May, a guy named David McKinley, who had held a, a house seat down for a while, basically the uh, Morgantown area, and Looney Mooney, uh, who held... Uh, another house district. Well, we lost a district is what it boils down to. So we went from three house districts to two. And that meant that Looney Mooney and David McKinley had to square off against each other. I don't know how Carol Miller missed that, missed out on that, but oh well. And so, being the maggot that he is, Looney Mooney had plenty of money Oh, and by the way, if you ever want a study in labor screwing up, and I don't say this simply on my own hook, you know, I'm not a member of a labor union or anything, but this one was kind of obvious. Labor in West Virginia got behind David McKinley back when he still had his own district. Democrats ran good candidates against him. But labor in West Virginia, inexplicably or explicably, backed backed the Republican. And they were staunch. And uh, my my pal, uh, Boss Man Wayne, uh, was near apoplectic over it. What in God's name is labor doing backing a Republican? Good question. Um, 
But nonetheless, McKinley ran against Mooney. And Joe to the mansion born put all of his political clout into supporting McKinley. And then we had a primary. And Looney Mooney beat McKinley like he owed him money. Beat him like a barred mule. Whipped him and then made him ask for more. Which, to some observers, indicated that there might be a a soft and tender place somewhere in uh, Joe Manchin's armor. Looney Mooney apparently thinks so. And so by announcing now, he's uh, ready to roll, ready to fundraise. And you know what? He's got a shot. But like I said, we don't have a bench. And so primarying Joe Manchin will be a fool's errand because Joe Manchin will win the Democratic primary. Uh, he can at least crush uh, who, but I don't know if they'll do the same thing in, uh, in, in, in 2024 that they did in 2018 and have some outside out-of-state group uh, find a political amateur to run against Joe. It was a good racket. It really was. Um, you know, fundraise on run, uh, on primary and Joe Manchin and then funnel those monies into other races. Cynical, but good. So there's actually a chance. Okay, let me explain something else. Looney Mooney is not actually a West Virginian. Oh, he's been a member of the House from West Virginia for a few uh, for a couple of terms. But dude is from over near the eastern panhandle, remember West Virginia. If you use your right hand and put it palm out and make an obscene gesture with it, that's West Virginia, and the thumb is the eastern panhandle. And the eastern panhandle shares a border with Maryland. At one point in time, Looney Mooney was the uh, chair of the West of the uh, Maryland Republican Party. But he ran a few races and got his ass handed to him. And so then, seeing the writing on the wall, he decided that he would walk across the street and become a West Virginian. Of course, I'm a proud supporter of the University of West Virginia. I don't know that he ever said that. Probably would. Guy knows less about West Virginia than uh, most of the, well, than any or all of the people who actually participate in this community. Because if nothing else, uh, over the course of the near 20 years that I've been on the air, uh, you've gotten a master class in, uh, well, what it's like to be a hillbilly. So, in fact, he's a fake hillbilly. Which means it's actually possible that in January of 2025, if he beats Joe Manchin, 
there will actually be two fake the Repu- fake hillbillies in the Republican caucus in the Senate. Looney Mooney. And of course, Jerk Deluxe, fake hillbilly Vance. How about that, sports fans? So that's the thing that happened today. By the way, going back to Ukraine, Flavio points out not just Poland was affected. The missile barrage also affected neighboring Moldova. It reported massive power outages after the strikes knocked out a key power line that supplies the small nation, an official said. Yeah, it's the... It's the dead poles that uh, are worrisome, along with the attack on civilian infrastructure. There are calls for uh, a war crimes investigation against Pudi and his uh, horde of punks and thugs and ne'er-do-wells. We um, in New York, uh, Trump? Speaker of the House? He's he's a barely coherent mumbler. Well, that he is, and he's got it. He wouldn't talk like this except for, like, you know, all the Adderall. His sinuses are probably a mess. Um, Randy Radar, my goodness gracious, you are a cynical soul. What do you bet that one of our missiles will go funny in Iran? I rather hope we don't. Oh, on the other, but speaking of missiles, uh, the United States Navy interdicted a fishing vessel in the, uh, I think, the Arabian Sea, and they seized. And, and again, this is a complicated scientific term of measurement: a shit ton of ammonium perchlorate and urea fertilizer. On a fishing boat. Uh, the Navy seized it all. One uh, one uh, high-ranking naval officer pointed out that that was a that was enough uh, material, explosive material, because it is for at least a half dozen medium-range missiles, ballistic missiles. Hmm. I could not see ammonium perchlorate without immediately thinking about, you know, the war on Appalachia that takes place here every day. And uh, that half a dozen, I think it was a half a dozen. Let me check here. Let's see, let's get rid of Looney Mooney. Bye. Half, was it a half a dozen? I like to get things right. Oh, I'm sorry, a dozen. A dozen medium-range ballistic missiles. And the the, the uh, theory being that Iran is shipping this stuff to Yemen's Houthi rebels to fight back against the Saudis. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, a dozen medium-range ballistic missiles... Really? That's about half of an average blast on a mountaintop removal site here. 
Yeah. The United States Navy will take more interest in interdicting explosive materials in the, in, in, in the Arabian Sea than the entire United States government will take in the ongoing day-by-day war against the people of central Appalachia, you know, southern West Virginia, southwest Virginia, eastern Kentucky, northeastern Tennessee. And uh, I'm sorry, I just had a... I had a ludicrous little moment when I read the story, and I could see the fishermen looking at the uh, looking at the, uh, the sailors going, "No, no, we're coal miners. No, we're 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 just uh, taking this ammonium perchlorate uh, uh, over to. Well, we're gonna we're gonna mine for coal in the Arabian Peninsula. We're gonna go and blow up some mountains, you know, just like y'all do in America. God bless George Washington." I'm sorry, my mind just works that way. And I'm having, you know, it's 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 one of those situations where you 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 really don't want either side to win, and you hope they just beat the piss out of each other. Because um, it's hard to root for the Saudis under any set of circumstances. And well. If Iran and, and Iran, oh no, of course we're not supplying perchlor- ammonium perchlorate to the Houthi rebels. Yeah, why would we do something like? Oh, we love the Saudis. Uh, they've been hating on each other since the seventh century A.D. Not to not to t- haul out that tired old canard that came, you know, from Vietnam. And, oh, they've been fighting forever. Uh, but no, really, there's been no love lost since the 7th century. It's about, oh, 1,400 years. And no relief in sight. Uh, West Virginia never had a red wave, Lee in New York says. Joe Manchin built a dam on the Blue River. Yeah, it's curious you would mention that. We have something that rhymes with Blue River, New River. But we've also also got a river called the Blue Stone River. Thanks, Lee. Uh, scenario, Stephen New York says, uh, um, subject line speaker, new Congress, hypothetical numbers, Pelosi gets 215, McCarthy gets 200, someone else gets 20. What happens? Do they keep voting till someone gets a majority? Is the vote the vote? Yeah, I think once you vote, you voted. Somebody... You, you, God, that would be a delicious rat fuck, wouldn't it? Oh, the maggot, the maggot caucus cannot be that stupid, can they? Really? They'll, they'll get their, they'll get their shit together. Surely to goodness. I like that idea. Flavio pointing out that Elizabeth Warren is saying that Democrats should use the lame duck session. To raise or altogether abolish the debt ceiling so that Republicans can't use it for blackmail. I, well, debt ceiling, maybe, okay, maybe that wouldn't maybe that wouldn't require a 60 vote uh, threshold. 
But like we talked about in yesterday's program, there's talk of uh, passing marriage protection and at the very least a continuing resolution to keep the government going so that people don't get furloughed right before Christmas. That's the kind of a dick move that uh, you could expect from Republicans. Marginal Trailer Queen has already said she wants to shut the government down. Yeah. Like I said, we got a busy little Tuesday ahead of us. See, uh, what else? Oh, uh, this is fun from the department of I hope it doesn't hurt too little. We've remarked in the past that you can name a pack just about anything. Like, oh, maybe the... Uh, the elect, elect Walker pack, but it doesn't have to give any money to, say, Hirsch. NBC News reported that uh, at least four committees, <laughs> one of them, <laughs> uh, one of them a uh, grifting effort from uh, uh, Mandarin Mussolini, uh, four committees claiming to raise money on behalf of Herschel Walker have kept 90% of the money that was solicited for him. God, is this the 2022 version of Herschel's 40 acres and a mule? Oh no, Herschel, we're going to raise a lot of money. Yeah, we're just not going to give you any of it. Uh, the NBC News article points out that when people give to these sketchy, dodgy outfits, they don't necessarily know how much of it's actually going to go to the candidate, even though it's said it to be the elect Walker pack. And uh, it's beginning to irk the Walker campaign. Maybe the light's going on and they realize that uh, he has been... Now, you know Fields' three commandments. You can't cheat an honest man. Never give a sucker an even break. And everybody say it with me. Third commandment. Don't smarten up a chump. Well, it looks like maybe, just maybe, the chump has gotten smartened up. And so, uh, the... the, the Herschel's campaign manager is some dude named Scott Paradise. I wonder if when he's sitting in his car at night and presses the little button, people give him a noogie and say, Look, Paradise by the dashboard light! Ah! Well, they'd have to be at least my age to do that, so maybe not. Um, but Scott Paradise said, No. Uh, we need everyone focused on winning the Georgia Senate race and deceptive fundraising tactics by teams that just won their races, uh, siphoning money away from Georgia. Uh, this is the last fight of 2022, and every dollar will help. 
the companies and consultants raising money off this need to cut it out. Cut it out, y'all. Quit it. Why keep putting my head in this here toilet and flushing it? Quit it. <laughs> oh, the light went. This is just beautiful. The goddess of irony. Just it's a sweet little gift. The campaign said it first noticed the problem Saturday when former President Donald Trump Save America sent out an email that asked prospective donors to contribute any amount immediately to the official Georgia runoff fundraising goal and increase your impact by 1,200%. There was a little button that said click here to edit your allocation amount. But the default was set to 90% for Nitwit Nero and 10% to Herschel. Well, when they when they got busted, they changed it to 50-50. Well, I raised it for him. I should get half. Scott Paradise said to Oh, that's extremely helpful, and it's what we request others to do. At least give us half. Yeah. Um. It, it, guess who else is? Guess who else is hustling on Herschel's back? <laughs> yeah, the fake hillbilly, J.D. Vance. God, this is a skeevy, grifty lot, isn't it? And they got, they figured out they were getting grifted by grifters. Who could ever have imagined? And Ted Bunn in North Carolina, uh, they also, uh, both both the fake hillbilly and Ted Wood, uh, defaulted to the 90-10 uh, split. But then when the Walker campaign reached out, uh, they changed it to 50-52. Ain't that sweet? The uh, chair of the North Carolina GOP is Michael Whatley. He said, well, anything we raise is going to be put into deployments down into Georgia. We'll definitely be sending teams. Sure you will. If they win, they'll be thrilled, kind of. Then they'll go to work on figuring out just exactly how they're going to manage Herschel. Kind of hard to hard to work with a fella who stands around with his mouth hanging open, catching flies all the time. When uh, the fake hillbilly campaign up in Ohio, wow. You're in Ohio. You just won a race for Senate, and you're still out there hustling money on the back of a black man. Don't have a hell of a lot of sympathy for Herschel, but that doesn't change the dynamic, and it certainly doesn't change the look. I mean, this is... 
kind of reminiscent of uh <laughs> Ma and Pa Kettle. Never a bad time for this. You know, when they do the math. Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah. Just imagine this is the Herschel Walker campaign. And that Ma and Pa Kettle are the... Uh, oh, let's say the J.D. Vance and Trump campaign. Shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Sucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, ain't that the funniest thing? Yeah, I'll, I'll read it to you. It starts out witnessing, just like it should start. This agreement entered into this 20th day of July, year of 1950, between Pa Kettle, party of the first part, Ma Kettle, party of the second part, and Billy Reed, Geoduck, and Crowbar, parties of the third part, fourth part, and fifth part. The aforesaid parties of the first part and second part agrees to part with part of their part to the parties of the third part, fourth part, and fifth part. It is also agreed that all parties are to do their part to keep the agreement made between the parties of the first part, second part, third part, fourth part, and fifth part. That's only the agreement in part. You got enough parts there to make an automobile and have some left over. Yeah. Should the first party and second party become a party to anything not agreeable to the third party, fourth party, and fifth party, the first party and second party shall be liable to the third party, the fourth party, and the fifth party. Hold on, Billy. That's enough. I've had too many parties already. Of course, that's just a rough draft. When you get it smoothed out, we won't understand it any better. Now, about the percentage. I figure 75% to you, Panma, and 25% divided between the five of us. Gida, Crowbar, myself, Tom, and the baby. That makes 5% for each one of us. Ah, uh, 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 Billy, you're cheating yourself. If there's 25% divided among the five of you, that's 14% apiece. Oh, no, listen, Pa. I, I wouldn't cheat you. You know I wouldn't. Now, look. Look here. I'll show you. Let me rub this out here. And now. God, I love the chalkboard gag. Divided by five is five. You see, five won't go into two, will it? No. But five goes into 25 five times, you see? No, you're wrong, Billy. Now, now I'm pretty good mathematician. Now, five into 25, five won't go into two, will it? No. But five goes into five once. Now, we didn't use the two before, so we bring it down here. Now, five into 20 goes four times. There you are. Five into 25, 14. No, look, Pop. Uh, let me prove it to you now by modification. Uh, five times five, five times five is 25. Billy, I'm surprised you're learning. Huh? I'm surprised that you're learning. Now I'll show you. Five times 14 is 25. Five times four is 20. Five times one is five. 
Twenty-five. That's it. No, no. Look, Ma. Look, you're wrong there because I'll prove it to you. We'll put down four, five fourteens here. Fourteen, fourteen, fourteen. There. Now, now I'll prove to you by addition that that five fourteens is not twenty-five. Four, eight. 12, 16, 20, 21, Wait. 22, 23, 24, 25. <laughs> there you are. Not a brush up, Billy. I don't want to see you boys cheated. Yeah. Pearl enamel repair can help repair ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, you may be right, Steve from Georgia Stan Herschel. Now that the balance of power does not hang in the balance with Herschel being the deciding vote, the right's going to toss him away like yesterday's lunch. From your mouth to God's ear. I hope you're right. But there would be a value in having a 50-50 Senate. That means power sharing. And remember, they're always thinking about the next election. Well, I, I, I'm a little less than... Uh, Sanguine on the idea that they'll just walk away. Well, that, yeah, that that's the same thing, Lee, in New York. Crazy math reminds me of Abbott and Costello's seven times thirteen is twenty-eight. It's it, yeah, it's it's an old, 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 old vaudeville bit, and they merrily stole from each other, and somebody else came up with it first, of course. So. Uh, and by the way, uh, Stephen New York observing Poland. This is alarming, of course. Scenario one, we assume it was unintentional, no Article 5. Scenario two, assume it was intentional. Is this enough to invoke Article 5? Scenario three, we assume it was not intentional or intentional, un not intentional or intentional. What if it happens again? And I suspect that's where we're going to wind up. Because once is an accident... Twice is a big coincidence, and, well, three times is an act of war. She can go sideways in a, in a, in a straight-up hurry. And I think Pooty is counting on the idea that... Uh, We're afraid he'll go nuke. And that that will stay our hand. And, but he, know, he, know, he, know, he knows he can't just roll into Lithuania or Latvia or Poland. But he can do some nasty shit. And we might sit still for it. Or maybe we'll roll out some new sanctions. By the way, um, the, the U.S. intelligence officials have uh, determined that Mother Russia deliberately delayed word of their massive retreat ac across the Dnipro River until after the midterms because they didn't want anybody getting all excited about you know, the Democrats being successful in their determination to support 
a country that was attacked without ever having provided any provocation. And by the way, a little news coming out of a local race out in L.A. Uh, Tracy tells me that uh, Villanueva has conceded. Karen Bass is up north of 30,000 votes over uh, Richard Caruso. So those are both good news. And we've uh, crossed the top of the hour. It is, of course, uh, Tuesday, which means we have the Green News Report, courtesy of Brad and Desi. And uh, I'd like to check in with that. Listen, if you want to engage in some conversation, I welcome you to uh, do so. You know how to reach the program. The stress line is... 844-843-4676, 844-843-4676. For anybody new to the program, 844-THE-HORN. And you can reach me, oh God, Bob Kincaid Horn on Skype. One of the last remaining vestiges of Bob as we seek to, I don't know, it'd be great to have all, all vestiges of Bob disappeared by, say, Mm, December 31st, that would mean it was only two years. It only took two years to erase Bob. Um, Maybe that can happen. Work is continuing on the uh, new opener, thanks to uh, Brother Deacon Asa and Lady B. Thank you both. Uh, Paradise, Billable Rick says, uh, uh, Robin, I see what you did. Paradise by the dashboard light. Cowbell for you. Thank you. At least one other meatloaf fan out there. Um, how the speaker is chosen. Um, talking about the vote earlier. Lee tells us, when a Congress convenes for the first time, each major party conference or caucus nominates a candidate for speaker. Members customarily elect the speaker by roll call vote. Member usually votes for the candidate from his or her own party conference or caucus, but can vote for anyone whether that person has been nominated or not. To be elected, a candidate must receive an absolute majority of the votes cast, which may be less than a majority of the full House because of vacancies, absentee members, or members who vote present. If no candidate receives the majority of votes, the roll call is repeated until a majority is reached and the Speaker is elected. This could get interesting. Probably won't, but it could. Thanks, Lee. Thanks a bunch. Lee serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Research Department on Speaker of the House elections this evening. So, uh, yeah, we're seven minutes into the second hour of the program. We're goose-egging again. Fundraising goal is at $1,130. And we're at that frightening time of the month. Um, God, if we could take it down some because it'll be one of those terrifying ones by Friday, even though I won't be here tomorrow. That won't go into the, that won't go into the uh, calculation. Everything helps. And uh, I'll cross my fingers, and we'll 
check in with Brad and Desi. It's Tuesday, November 15, 2022. We're racing forward to do our part to avert the climate hell that the U.N. Secretary General so passionately warned about earlier this week. President Biden pledges U.S. leadership and funding at U.N. Climate Summit. U.S. and China resume formal climate negotiations, plus... That result means Democrats would once again control the Senate. Democrats hold on to thin Senate majority, holding line on U.S. climate policy. All of those thin majorities and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And let me tell you this evening. If we were ready for the green agenda, I'll raise my hand right now, but we're not ready right now. We're not prepared. We're not ready right now. What we need to do is keep having those gas-guzzling cars. Ladies and gentlemen, Georgia's Republican U.S. Senate candidate, Herschel Walker. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the election that continues to continue, uh, continues to inform our outlook on the climate. But first, we're stuck dealing with what happened in Florida. Yes, we are. Hurricane Nicole caused an estimated 5 to $7 billion in damages after it slammed into Florida last week as a rare November hurricane, destroying roads, bridges, and dozens of beachfront buildings. That's according to AccuWeather. So another billion-dollar-plus storm as these things continue to pile up in recent years. Yes, they do. In other news, as we go to air, Democrats have retained their razor-thin majority in the U.S. Senate, but control of the U.S. House is likely to narrowly go to Republicans. Congress matters because it will determine where and how quickly funding is deployed for climate and clean energy projects under President Biden's landmark climate law, the Inflation Reduction Act, and whether the U.S. will follow through on funding commitments to help developing nations adapt to the climate crisis. President Biden spoke at the United Nations Climate Summit, COP27, in Egypt on Friday, announcing that thanks to Democrats passing the Inflation Reduction Act, the U.S. is now on track to meet its pledge under the Paris Climate Agreement to cut its emissions 43 percent by 2030. Biden apologized for the U.S. withdrawal from the Paris Agreement during the Trump administration. Good. He should. And he urged major emitters that are responsible for man-made global warming, like the U.S., to move faster to cut greenhouse gas emissions to prevent overshooting 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming to avoid catastrophic impacts. If we're going to win this fight, every major emitter nation needs to align with the 1.5 degrees. We can no longer plead ignorance to the consequences of our actions or continue to repeat our mistakes. Everyone has to keep accelerating efforts throughout this decisive decade. Yes, we do. Of course, beginning with us, but hopefully what we're doing and that $400 billion we've allocated under the new bill is that 
encouraging the rest of the world to do the same? It does seem to be helping. COP27 this year is focused on international climate finance under the Paris Agreement. That is getting rich nations that are primarily responsible for the crisis to boost funding to help poorer countries adapt to climate impacts and avoid becoming dependent on fossil fuels. After decades of resistance, there is some progress. Denmark pledged half a billion dollars to finance adaptation in Namibia. Europe, the U.S., and Japan announced $20 billion to help Indonesia ditch coal. Overall, the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia are laggards on climate finance. Mm -hmm. Biden pledged that the U.S. will quadruple funding to help other nations fight climate change, increasing U.S. contributions to a climate resilience fund to $100 million plus $150 million in new funding for adaptation and resilience projects in Africa. However, Congress must approve any new U.S. funding. Exactly. The new Congress can stop all of that. Plus, President DeSantis can just call it all off. The U.S. also proposed launching an international carbon credit trading system, which would allow corporations to pay someone else to cut emissions. That would raise revenue for developing nations, but it was criticized as a way for rich countries to avoid taking responsibility for causing the climate crisis. And it matters because a new analysis from the global carbon budget concludes that at current emissions rates, nations will likely burn through their remaining carbon budget in nine years, causing the world to blow past that critical 1.5 degrees Celsius target under the Paris Agreement. Finally, some good news. Thank you. Biden's diplomacy blitz appears to be working. On Monday at the G20 meeting, the White House announced that the U.S. and China, the world's two biggest greenhouse gas emitters, will resume formal climate negotiations, which experts called a significant development, opening up a pathway for greater emissions cuts. So the U.S. and China are talking again about climate. There's that. For much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Come together right now over me. Oh, and by the way, uh, I didn't mention it, but I did notice that... uh, uh, Carrie Lake ain't going to be the governor of Arizona Stan, and may have to, we may have to take the Stan off of Arizona Stan. They're decidedly purple. Uh, no, uh, the, she done lost, and in fact, uh, now the scorn is being heaped upon her. Kelly McBride will be the. Uh, Kelly McBride will be the governor of Arizona. Uh, check in with uh, MSNBC's coverage. Like I said, scorn. I know. I mean, we have Mike Barnacle and Eugene yeah. Robinson. They're, They're still with us. But, you know, um, she was really mean to him. She was. She called him a bastard. She called him a bastard. She was always pointing her fingers like you. Yeah, she was at, getting like, right in his face. Japan. I'm going to teach you how to be a Yeah. And all this. I felt really bad for him. And yeah. I, but, you know, 
he weathered the storm. He did. He he walked on. He asked the, the questions. He, he, he kept, kept at it. But she was so mean to him. Yeah. I felt bad for him. I did too. Vaughn? Vaughn, are you okay, Vaughn, this morning? Are you doing okay, Vaughn? Because she was awfully mean to you. Called you a bastard. Said that, like, you, I think you were bad, or maybe she said we were bad for American evil. democracy. Evil. I don't know. She's it was, always in your face. It has to be a rough. Yeah, but she, I think she called him that once, and that's how many for Joe and Mika there? How many bastards? How are you doing this morning? You feeling okay, Vaughn? I, I think you guys and me were in the same camp. How about that? Uh, <laughs> I think it made sense also to be here today with this announcement, if we may. Could I say something about Carrie Lake, you guys? Would that be okay? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah we, we love Go that. for it. Okay. Uh, look. Covered Carrie Lake for the better part of the last year and a half here. And I think it was perhaps fitting to be here across from Mar-a-Lago today. I finally flew yesterday from Arizona here. And essentially, though, I felt like it was covering Donald Trump's campaign of 2024, but in Arizona over the last year. She predicated her campaign on trying to sell the big lie and trying to sell the conspiracy theories. When she wonders how she lost this race, look at it. This is the third election cycle in a row in which Arizonans rejected Trump. In the final week of her campaign, who did she campaign alongside? She campaigned alongside Steve Bannon. She campaigned alongside one of the chief promoters of Pizzagate. She campaigned alongside an individual who promoted the notion of the war on white people. She campaigned alongside State Senator Wendy Rogers, who just earlier this year was here in Florida speaking at a white nationalist conference, somebody who frequently spews anti-Semitism. This is an individual who just last week called her Democratic opponent a pervert. This is an individual who suggested there should be perp walks for elections officials, criminal charges against individuals who oversaw COVID response in 2020 in Arizona. This is an individual who's celebrating putting a dagger into the quote, the McCain machine. She asserted that Cindy McCain wants to end America. She called Mike Lindell one of the great patriots of our time. She said Dinesh D'Souza is one of the greatest patriots in America. She suggested Paul Gosar was the kind of lawmaker our founding fathers envisioned. She called the media the right hand of the devil, the scourge of the earth. If that doesn't sound like Donald Trump. I don't know what does. And ultimately, the big question was, was she going to be able to make that sell here? And the answer is no, according to Arizona voters. And when you look at that slate of election deniers from Tudor Dixon to Tim Michaels uh, to uh, Jim Marchant in Nevada. Tudor Dixon. To Mark Fincham, she was the latest one to fall, essentially making it a clean sweep of those not only right. election denier gubernatorial candidates and secretary of state candidates. And now Donald right. Trump is going to go and try to run on the very message that all these folks lost on. So, Vaughn, uh, why don't you tell tell us, because you were out there. Um, of course, yes, she did lose. It was a close race. But talk about how close uh, America came to having a governor in a swing state yeah. that by all accounts, everybody was out there saying that she was actually an articulate version of Donald Trump, that she was actually smoother, uh, more savvy. Uh, she knew how to work rooms. She she campaigned all over the place. A lot of Democrats that came back, came back and were, were very scared uh, of, of this woman in a way they had not been scared of of any political candidate I'd seen uh, uh, since Donald Trump's emergence in 2015. I mean, they, they thought she was going to win and that she was going to be the heir apparent to Donald Trump. 
And she was all those things. I mean, this is giving away my age here, but I grew up watching Carrie Lake on the local news on Fox 10 in Phoenix. She was the face of Phoenix television in the evenings there. And that was the belief that if there was somebody who uh, was a little bit more refined, if you may, was able to present, you know, the Donald Trump message a, a, a little bit more cleanly, it was Carrie Lake here. And the Democratic opponent she was facing, Katie Hobbs, look, she never went toe to toe with Carrie Lake on the debate stage. She was somebody who uh, a great many folks were hesitant to support. By all accounts, she was a straightforward Democrat over her years in the state legislature. And yet, what happened with Arizona voters? They were paying attention. And guess what? It was a local leader, Kathy Petsis is her name. She was a local legislative district chairwoman, you know, one of those very nitty gritty activist types there who came from the more of the McCain era of Arizona Republican Party. And it was three days after Carrie Lake's primary victory in which the Carrie Lake campaign account tweeted at her that she was the type of demographic that they did not need. She made it very clear that it was the McCain Republicans that they did not need. And when you're looking at a 20,000 vote difference here, uh, the reality is, is that's exactly who Carrie Lake needed. And now the question is, where does she go from here? Where does the Arizona Republican Party, where does Kelly Ward, where do the likes of Mark Fincham go from here? Because Carrie Lake tweeted out last night that Arizonans know BS, uh, but clearly Arizona voters called her out or on her own. She actually said four days before Election Day, if there are any McCain Republicans in the room, get the hell out, calling John McCain a loser in the state of Arizona. Probably not. God, um, wow. She out, she out maggoted King Maggot. Some of that I'd seen, but I hadn't. Uh, Darlene pointing out an error. Thank you. Thank you for being the corrections department, Darlene. Uh, I th Kelly McBride, I think you meant Katie Hobbs. I did mean Katie Hobbs. Ah. Sorry, we regret the error. And uh, uh, Ralphs just jumped in and said, I'll kick in 25 bucks if somebody else has 25. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you so much. Hopefully that will happen. Thank you to Lady B for uh, jumping in. Thank you. Uh, lady B says, I'm really surprised you didn't think of adding She's a Lady to your intro. Food for thought for a later time. You know what? Maybe it's not too late. That's... Uh, that's solid. I, I never would have thought about that in a million years. So, uh, yeah, that could be fun. Anything as long as it's not Aerosmith. You know what I mean. So let's run over and check in uh, uh, Check in on the Skype line. Hey, Scott, how are you? How are I? How, you have the audacity to ask how are I? <laughs> well, I mean, you're out there in civilization and everything. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I got my people here with the palm fronds fanning me. It's, it's just delightful. Has the leaf blower guy been by lately? Don't say anything about the leaf blower guy. He was here the other day, Wednesday or Thursday last week. That's enough. I don't, I don't know what he's blowing, if you'll pardon the expression, because we Going there that early, are we? No, we don't have leaves. In my, in my, anywhere near me. I don't know. I don't know. He, he's just blowing dust around, pollen mostly. But anyway, so uh, how, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm moving in, I'm moving into my, my low light funk. 
Um, and, you know, I worry about fundraising. Thank you to Roger in Ohio. Roger just uh, met Ralph's challenge, so that means that we've gone from 11.30 down to 10.80, no, 10.75. So that's awesome. So thank you, Roger. I had to. I, I wasn't going to call in, and then you you played the audio from the Ma and Pa Kettle movie. It was. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, that, listen, I, you know, that comes under the heading of guilty pleasures. Yeah, they're, yeah. Those, they're they're the movies are so stupid. They're they're funny. Marjorie Maine and what's the, what was the husband's name? Percy Kilbride, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, something like that. And uh, oh, I like which. Do you know which movie that clip was from? I don't. I just I just looked up Mon Pocket. I'll do math. Yeah, my favorite is, and I don't know if I'm conflating two movies, but one of the titles that I remember is Mon Pocket. Go to town, where they go from wherever they are to the big city, and they're just astonished at just how different things are. But there's there's one there's one scene where they're in a department store and there's a there's a there's a be, uh, a a literal hideaway bed. You press a button on the wall and the bed comes out and when you're not sleeping, right. you press a button on the wall and the bed goes back. And there's a family that comes in, another family with like fifteen kids or something, and they're all fucking around with the you know the display, the merchandise on display, and it's, it's just a, it's just a hoot. I mean, that's good American fun. But uh, I just, I, I now I want to rent a a Ma and Pa Kettle movie because you, it was back of mind and now it's front of mind thanks to this program. I don't think so. there's going to have to be any money change hands. <laughs> there's lots of clips on YouTube. Oh, but the, the joy is watching the whole thing. True, but the I but I think is- I saw something about about watch all the Mon Pa Kettle. I, mean, I don't know. There's you know there's there's Freebie and Tubi and things like that out there now. Yeah, it's, probably, it's surprising what you can. I mean, uh, I was uh, I was talking with our. You remember our buddy Dan Fisher? Oh yeah, in New York. Uh, he he had problem. a he had a Rankum. Uh, cooking shows list he's so good at those and i couldn't help chiming in on on bourdain because well and i uh i noticed that his first the first bourdain series a cook's tour is available for just viewing at your leisure on amazon so we wa- we watched we watched those first two seasons and it's a lot, it, you know, the production values are not nearly what they were later on, you know, when he went to work for the Travel Channel or C- God knows CNN. Uh, but there's a sort of edginess to it, you know, and it's it's wild to think about because, you know, I guess maybe he was like 40, 42 when he got the opportunity, and he's a very different guy. By the time you know the end comes, yeah, I am not that. Uh, I'm not that demographic. Uh, food shows are just 
I see them and I'll just flip past them to something that interests me. Because, see, the well, two things. My food budget is does it does not allow me for f fancy uh, dishes, okay? And then there's the problem. Even if I had the food budget and the ingredients budget, I sh sure as hell don't have. Are you lacking the I, talent budget? No, no, no. I have plenty of talent. It's just that the, the you you need devices and equipment and gear and and special spoons and all of this the fact that you add in the special spoons well well i mean think about it think about it there there's just <clears throat> it's not it's it doesn't seem to be aimed at me in terms of demographic hang on a second i just uh you know the best thing that ever came by came into being in my lifetime is a boiling bag. And I know that's a math anathema to a true gourmet or gourmand or whatever, but I just can't be bothered with all that. I, I just, uh, you know, when, when the, when the, you just want a can of Senate Navy bean soup. That's all well, you want. Well, now sometimes my aspirations are a wee bit higher, but what I'm saying is if it becomes, enter, if, 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 if sustenance, you know, uh, and and nourishment and 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 then keeping body and soul together gets to the point of being an entertainment adventure. You you've lost me because that's not what it's about. I mean, I wouldn't imagine that the cave people thousands of years ago they were lucky to eat. They didn't they didn't uh, not even a sideways glance did they attach any entertainment value. You know, I it just, I don't know, I'm the wrong demo. I'll move on from there. Fair enough. I, I, was, I had something I was going to ask you about, and as always, you've sidetracked me. Sorry. That's all right. I, I, I may, it'll come to me. Well, I'm glad the elections are over. Have we, have we, uh... Well, I mean, we, they're we, over, but not. I mean, it, it, we, we're, the... The, 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 the maggots are standing on the precipice of their majority. And I'm really, you know, I'm really kind of hoping that, that, you know, the tip of the, the, the tip of the cliff falls off with, you know, like with Wiley Coyote. Yeah, that would be, that would be nice. I mean, are we totally out of any, any mathematical possibility of. It's almost a sure thing. Even getting a tie in the house. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost for sure. Well, that's on us then. And by us, I mean right-thinking people. We, You know, it goes back to, the, I was telling somebody the other night, if the best we can manage is 47% of the people turning out to even take the time and, and interest to, to bother to vote, it's, it, in a sense, it's our own fault that it's this fucking close. It, ha it needn't have been, is what I'm saying. If, if we had each taken the situation with the seriousness and the gravity that it deserved, then we would have done better because we would have engaged. It's like Georgia. There are some people who are out there thinking, well, it's a 50-50 tie at this point. Why do we need one more? Well, we need one more because they were explaining on one of the shows, it was a 50-50 tie. A lot of the rules that the Senate operates by are different 
than when there's an actual majority, like the composition of the uh, of the committee. In a 50-50 tie scenario, each committee has an equal number of Democrats and Republicans. Wait, and where does that get you? Because you're not going to win anybody over from the Republican side. But if there's an out-and-out -out win, even if it's by one vote, that changes the way that committees are formed. And that's just one thing. And I just, I just, we, it was a golden opportunity that we did well in so many different ways, but we just couldn't quite get, you know, apply enough oomph. Okay, that's a old technical political term to do better than a 47% turnout. I, I just, well, and, and you know your your point is well taken. Now your throat's doing what my throat was doing. No, yeah, it happens. Um, but you no, know, your point is well taken because when you when 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 the fate of your locality, your county, your state, your country rests upon, I mean. Turnout in my county was for shit. Um, here we are at 38, 39%. Okay, let's, let's be generous and call it 40%. That means that 21% of the eligible voters selected who will be governed. Yeah. That's not democracy. And the last time I checked, Virginia needed help on many levels. Uh, West Virginia needed help on many levels when it comes to the, the people who are in charge of their cities, states, uh, cities, counties, municipalities, and in the House and in the Senate. You know, long gone are the days when you could count on West Virginia to be a reliably democratic state. I'm just saying that, you know, once the election day is over, you can't do anything about anything until at least two years later. So, you know, strike while the are, as the old pants pressers union said when they held a work stoppage many years ago, strike while the iron is hot. OK, so write that down. Put it on a little three by five card and post it somewhere where you can see it. I just and I, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that that you know that we have hung on to the Senate. And oh, by the way, I encourage people to do what I did in terms of of, of lending some sort of tangible support to Reverend Warnock. I sent a meager contribution, but it, I, I want to help. I want to keep George's uh, Senate seat blue. Okay, and I'm going to do it again before the uh, uh, December sixth. You know, we have, we have got to have more than a 50-50 split was where I was going with, with, the, with the Senate. Because when you have the majority, the numeric majority, that changes some of the behind-the-scenes operating uh, principles and, and rules in, in ways that are, that are helpful and not hurtful. And God knows we need a big dollop of helpful on top of our pumpkin pie this year. You know, so I didn't mean to get so preachy and serious and stuff, but it's 
it, it, it's just, you know, always take the opportunities that present themselves. Even if, even if you, if you don't prevail in, in the vote count, you at least know that you've done something toward creating the future that you want to, that you want to see. Because so much hinges on it. Now tonight, we've got fucking cartoon carnival with old what's his name. <laughs> that's um, perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Cartoon. <laughs> you know, you got your everything but the and... floppy shoes, the fright wig, and the big oh, red nose. Well, he's kind of working on the big red nose. Well, it's a big orange nose. Yeah, it's 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 and and why we are going there? What? I hope to God that the responsible media in this country, and I use that term loosely, media and responsible, those terms loosely, media and responsible, I hope they don't give a moment's worth of coverage to his big... It's, what, what, first of all, what time is he supposed to do it? What is the venue? Is it 9 p.m. 9 p.m. from right here, live from our, uh, our Lardass. Everybody tune in. Is there going to be a, a pregame? Uh, uh, oh God, I hope I, I hope not. Will somebody somebody can monitor MSNBC, and I'm going to be so depressed if they take it live. But can they help it? Well, I guess it depends on what the suits upstairs say. It's not news. But, but and I've got it. you know if I had five bucks to do it with I'd put I'd put down I'd put down a five dollar bet that it's not an actual announcement of his campaign for president. It's going to be some kind of grift because he's still got a problem, Scott. Oh, he's got more problems than good sense. Well, oh, he's got more problems than Carter has little liver pills. Yeah. Uh, now we're dating the program again. Oh, I listen. I uh, that's how I learned how to count. I would get on Effie's little uh, tin canister of Carter's little liver pills and dump them out on the floor and and make designs, and it's probably what killed her. But, yeah, I... <laughs> she got microbes and dust. It's probably what killed her. And when you get to that... Don't age, admit that stuff on air. You're, you're mid-90s. When you get to that age, microbes and dust... Will have a, de a de de what is it a de deterious delirious effect? De I don't know, but anyway, you get my meaning. I just, I just, you know, and it's going to be. It's not going to be an announcement. It will be an announcement. It will be a grift. But he's been stocking up on his anger and resentment, and 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 upsetness. Oh, you well, that's you know. I mean, it's 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 going to be, and and I want to be careful how we talk about this, Scott, because I don't want to, I, I don't want to um, create interest. I'd I'd rather just point out how how, how godforsaken boring it's going to be, because it's just going to be the same old tired list of grievances. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's a litany, you know, a rerun of that. Oh, I've been treated so badly. I've been treated so poorly. They better not indict me. I'm a presidential candidate now. What's wrong with these people that I endorsed and, and campaigned for? Why couldn't they win? Oh, they did win. It was cheating. Oh, God, do we? I, I, it's like getting married to your to your ex. 
again. You know? Never having done that, I'll have to rely on you. you I mean, what, what would be the point in doing that? Because if, if you... If things were were uh, dysfunctional, dysfunctional, dysfunctional enough, you know, for you to split up, why go back to that particular trough? You know, there's nothing. There's nothing but bad water down that well, or something. I mean, <laughs> and, and yet here we go again. It, it's well, no, I, 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 su- I suspect. I mean, I, I can't I can't be certain, but I suspect that, you know, if you if unless there's been some kind of a deal where the RNC said, well, OK, we'll keep paying your legal bills, even though you're a primary candidate now. It, no. So, I mean, that's a pot, you know, maybe he struck some kind of a deal. I can't imagine. It, well, but then again, we're talking about Ronna Romney McDaniel, right? And I but certainly... but but the but the thing is you ha- you have to kind of and it's an unpleasant task. You have to get inside his spirochete swirled noggin and sort of think like he thinks. Oh God! It's ugly, and you have to shower with bleach when you're done. But you, you if you if you if you think of it, no, this is this is just a new thing to add to the grievance litany. Namely, they're only indicting me because I'm running for president, that I'm running to save America, save America, make America great some more later, maybe, kind of, yeah, MAGA, they can't try me, they can't indict me. And he's playing on the outside chance that maybe he could win, and that that would forestall any prosecution. He needs it. But the thing is... And I know you're familiar with outfits like this, the Club for Growth. Yeah, uh, they do the the uh, hair res- restoration. It, it, no, no, that's Hair Club for Men, honey. Oh, um, no, the club, the, the big conservative right wing economic uh, conservative bullshit, and they, they they came out with a thing the other day and said, Ah, you know, we're going to lose our ass if he's the nominee. Well, that's what I was going to say. The Republicans, by now, if they don't know enough, and far be it for me to give the other side helpful advice that they're not going to pay any attention to, but go with me. The last thing they want to do is revisit that adventure. And like I say, it's like marrying a dysfunctional former spouse or something. It, it, it's just a madness. Is in that direction. Danger will Robinson. Yeah, right. Aliens approaching. And and God knows, waiting in the wings, there are plenty of wannabes on the Republican side. I don't mean to do anything or say anything that would make the way clear for them to pursue uh, uh, positions of power. But you mentioned the suits at MSNBC and CNN and all the rest of it. They don't think of it uh, uh, in in terms of programming in the public interest need and necessity, although those rules I don't think actually apply to cable the way they do to broadcast stations. But they're not thinking. They're thinking, and, you know, is this going to bump up our, our uh, eyeball rate? 
and that hence our uh, ad dollar rate. You know, there's a they're they're not they're not in it for the service part of of a TV uh, outlet. They're in it for eyeballs and revenues. And I probably will tune in just to see how you know what crazy stuff <sighs> the guy says. I know. I, you know. I, no. I'm, I, no. I, I gotta. I gotta get ready to be on the road tomorrow, and I'm gonna be packing. And uh, but uh, what I mentioned earlier about the club for growth. Uh, they released a new poll. Look at that head of hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I can swim with it, too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it couldn't look any more fake if it had a chin strap. Um, <laughs> repels water, rain, snow, and beautiful young women. Uh, no, they, they released a poll, the Club for Growth did, and it showed that Nitwit Nero, according to their data, cannot win the 2024 primary. Uh, it showed a double-digit lead for uh, Ron Monkey up to Clantis in Iowa and New Hampshire stand, uh, and uh, they uh, he and and uh, Monkey up is also leading him big time, bigly, very bigly, in both Florida and Georgia stand. So that wow. Remember that guy who I think was in a position of power in Ohio, Kasich? Yeah, John Kasich. Uh, and, and like I say, it, I've, it's, I hesitate to even use the expression normal Republican, but he's closer to the way Republicans use Well, to he's a Republican public. you recognize. No, let's not use normal. Let's no, use recognizable. It? He's a recognizable Republican. He's not yeah. one of these um, misanthropic uh, midnight shock theater Republican maggots. Brains. Uh, <laughs> but no, you, you of of those recognizably Republican Republicans. Uh, well, you know what I'm talking about when I when I say <laughs> the people fingering their cigarette packs in the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they've got the packs out and they're lighting smokes now. Yeah, and their hands are shaking. Because uh, uh, Chris Krispy Kreme, who once was said to have a presidential timber and who probably, you know, might have had a shot in 2012, but he got steamrolled by Bishop Willard. Uh, he spoke to, because I guess he was the keynote, don't know why, best they could do. He was the keynote at the Republican Governors Association meeting. And speaking to them, he told them that when he went to vote in the midterms, he rejected crazy. And then went on to say that Nitwit Nero cost the Republican Party um, several governor's races. And he pointed particularly to uh, uh, Doug Mostacholi. In pencil in Pennsylvania, Bamavania stand. Bald headed stooge. And then of course there's Kerry Lake in Arizona. Um, I I kind of think that she should have stayed in her own lane there and just stayed in television. I mean. Yeah, but she she read her own press. Somebody came to her and said, "Oh, you can be governor." 
See, there's a very famous scene in a very famous American novel called All the King's Men by Robert Penn Warren. Uh, The Oscar-winning movie with uh, Broderick Crawford Crawford. um, was not bad, but it didn't. The the, the one that Sean Penn was closer to made was closer to the book. But there's a scene in there when Willie, the protagonist, realizes that he's been used as a chump, that people came to him and whispered in his ear about how he could be governor. Only he woke up. These fools that, that, that listened to Nitwit Nero whispering uh, in their ears never did. Well, I see introspection is not, not a trait. You, you have to go way down the list in terms of Trump to find that attribute. I just don't, uh, you know, or his enablers, his handlers. That's the, it's utility. It's it's pressing on, you know, with all deliberate speed, uh, you know, rules and regulations and morality be damned. We're in it to win it, and that's that's our that's the, that's the flag under which we march with that crew. And the hill upon which we die. Yeah, and and there's. There, 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 we're going to have to go, uh, 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 and I'm talking two-year cycles here, a minimum of four to six two-year cycles and do stuff right along the way, correctly, decently, uh, 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 before we even see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of cleansing our body politic of, of the virus of Trump. Yeah, this is going to take a lot more than a cracker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, ju- I just, uh, I, I guess I'm up for the task and the journey and stuff. But man, all of this is was just so so easy, so not easily avoidable because people are going to go the way they're going to go. Yeah. And and w- when you've got a a, a party, a, a, a national political party, that's that's aging that that's aging itself out. In terms of relevance and ease of, of 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 getting the message across, and aye aye, sir, we'll do whatever it takes. The younger people, yes, sir, we're going to look for those strawberries. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not. The younger uh, people, and even on the Republican side, they're not buying into the program with with the Republicans. They're, they're, Most of them aren't. I mean, you've got the weirdos and Turning Point USA and you know, young Republicans and the like. Uh, but we've 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 uh, we've had our obligatory Star Trek reference for the evening. Okay. I just heard from Micah up in Michigan, and she said, "Remember how Pike was doing the pirate voice, and Number One was like, please stop You're talking about my nitwit Nero voice.'" She said, "That's me right now, Una, to be clear. You're Pike. Please stop." <laughs> was this was this the pilot or was this uh, uh, something that followed? The no, series? that's that, that's the new one. Uh, that's the new um, the new Star Trek. Oh, okay. Because I, I I I'm still not on uh, Paramount. Uh, it is on Paramount, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. No, what? What? No, CB, CBS. No, yeah, Param- but- no, Param- Paramount. Paramount for the latest one. Yeah. 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 
I, I just, uh, I don't know. I skipped a few steps. I mean, I never watched any, other than the movies, I never watched any Star Trek franchise stuff beyond the series and, and the immediate follow-up movies. So would I be able to even keep track if I revisit, or in this case, visit? Oh, it's a, whole, it's a whole new show. Yeah. Oh. See, and it's it's I, magnificent. This is uh, the the but, the new but, one, uh, Strange New Worlds, is probably the best Star Trek since um, Next Generation. The character. Now I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> well, clarify this for me. The character Pike is that the Jeffrey Hunter character that we saw? Well, it was once upon a time. The old, uh, the old, uh, the the before years of before the terrible. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, he's not running around. He's not. He's not rolling around beeping anywhere. Yeah. With the what? What color were the lights? Yeah, red and green. Yeah, yeah. You'd think by what? that time, by that far in the future, they, but no, it was 1967. No, at 1966. At Christmas time, for Pike in his later condition, you said red and green lights. I gotta figure they they hung tinsel and bowls. Knew and you were going there. Garlands. Knew you were going there. I'm gonna I'm gonna get away from this before we get in trouble. If you were out I had there, a notice. Oh uh, I had a my note. Golly. Notice. No, I had a note from uh, Angelo in the People's Republic of the Bronx. Hey, Angelo. Angelo said the Republicans are finding out what we in New York already knew. Trump is a loser who poisons everything he touches, and Joe Biden has the instincts of an old Irish machine politician. Pelosi and Schumer are old-school Tammany political animals in the jungle called Washington, D.C. And I think, I think there's a lot of truth in what Angelo says. I mean, you know, uh, y'all in New York, it sure would have been nice if you could have indicted him a couple of decades back. But, you know, back then he was thought to be a you know, harmless, philandering billionaire. Well, and see, well, that, that part of the problem there is the New York Post and the New York uh, Daily News and and the media types, he was entertainment. He was the comic strips on the front page day after day. The continuing story and the continuing antics and the, the divorces and the property settlements. and Right, right, which is exactly you know. why I said they may carry him this evening. If he sells the soap, he gets the screen. Well, I may uh, I may have to tune in to spite myself because I, I, at this point, as a rational human being, I would be sitting here thinking, going into it, what could he possibly say or do that's going to redeem him in any measurable way? There's it's no there's there's no interest in redemption. Redemption's not part of the program. This is just. I mean, I, well, it's a rerun. Where I was going with it is, is like, it's almost they're trying to force relevance with this guy. That his sell-by date, in terms of relevance, is a date from long ago. Well, see, since you're since you're not a cook. Uh, you, you, go ahead. I say one thing about Bourdain, and I'm all. all since you're, since, since, yeah, right. Since you're not a cook, <laughs> you probably won't. Uh, you, you, the the, reson, the 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 metaphor probably won't resonate with you, but it will with the 
the food porn contingent of the Horn Family Community Congregation. Now, be nice to me or I'll stab you with but the meat But you mentioned his sell-by date. Scott. I'm sorry. Scott, <laughs> he's... He's he's the un because you know you buy a half a gallon of buttermilk and very few people ever use the whole half gallon. I'm one of the weirdos. I do, but he's that two thirds of a half gallon of buttermilk that you bought sometime last June because you wanted to make cornbread. It's still in the refrigerator, and when you pick it up and shake it, it behaves like cottage cheese. That's oh, how far lovely. past his sell by date is, <laughs> and I have just raised absolute hell with two with the with dinner in two different time zones: the central and the mountain. And billable Rick's bill, bill, billable Rick's afternoon snack is just garbage now. Shot, shot all the hell. <laughs> yeah, but yet they persist. There's a cadre of them that think he's the cat's ass. You know, eyes on screens. That's all that matters in the in the in the in the early years of the third decade of the 21st century. Eyes on screens doesn't matter what. This is straight. This is straight out of idiocracy. This is a, 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 a movie that's two hours long, and it's just called Ass, and it's just a single shot of, a somebody, of somebody's ass. <laughs> You've seen the movie. No, I never saw it. Oh, no, no, we don't. You've got to quit watching all those damn documentaries and, 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 and watch something meaningless for a change. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the... Uh... The one uh, on PBS tonight is the second part of it, uh, the, the two-part Frontline documentary. Let me get the title for you real quick. Hang on just a minute. It's, um, uh, where the hell did it go? Oh, well, see, see, that's the thing with that's the thing with idiocracy. Mike Judge said it 500 years from now, but it's actually a documentary about right now. Water, like from the toilet. All these great, all these great one-offs are they're totally lost on you, and it just it just breaks my heart. No, I'm sorry. I was I was uh, looking for the name of this. It's under the American Experience thing, uh, taken hostage. It's about the uh, the American Embassy in Tehran in seventy eight, seventy nine, and it's pretty well done. It's um, you know, I I I was paying pretty strict attention to all that when it was happening, but I'm learning stuff. You know, that was going on behind the scenes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's, it's. Um, I'm going to send you a link. It's not going to do you any good in terms of uh, in terms of uh, broadcast use, but just for your own entertainment information and edification. It's a film that was commissioned, narrated by Orson Welles, uh, like a documentary about. Iran, and then they worked the Shah into it, and it's like a puff piece. You know, it's made in seventy-one or seventy-two, and you know the 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 splendor and the glory of that ancient uh, nation. Uh, they they pissed that away by putting the fucking religious fanatics in charge of things. Well, I mean, but it, but oh boy, we well we cannot go down this rabbit hole. There's so much to the Iranian Revolution. There were there were there were democracy there were democracy advocates in the Iranian Revolution who thought that maybe democracy might happen. <laughs> Boy, were they wrong! Yeah, but that's what I was getting at in terms of of um, the when you mistreat the people and beat them and putting put put them on a a a 
a, a, a device that burns them with electricity running through wires. But you do this to your own citizens, your own people, whether they're your opponents or not. It's not going to play out very well for the power structure that encourages... No, no, no. Uh, yeah. the, the, the Reza Pahlavi and his pals in the SAVIC uh, didn't exactly make friends. But oh, by, the, by the way, I saw a story just the other day. Uh, the Iranian high mucky muck whatever court uh, has just handed down the first death sentence in regard to all of the uh, all of the protests that have been taking place over the the mandatory wearing of hijabs and you know that's on top of the extrajudicial killings that have been taking taking place all along where you know teenage girls were found to have just whoopsie found them the found found their way to the top of a building and then you know fell off yeah butchers well and bastards. I, the, the only reason i bring it up is so i I'm learning stuff from it, and I, you see, that's the difference between me and a lot of people, you know, in the, in the populace. They figure once you make it through eighth grade or high school, ah, oh, you're done. That that there's nothing left to know. Well, that that attitude is what gets us into to trouble. That's how you get here. Always be learning. Always be questioning. Always be uh, striving to advance. Always. In, in a positive, workable way that, you know, it is. But well, you know, I mean, if you if you actually keep learning things, you might want to do something besides being, uh, you know, you might want to be part of maybe more than 38% of people voting. You know, we'll have a high, well, you know, we have we have high turnouts in, in, in presidential election years, but we have shitty turnouts in midterm years, and that's where the mischief is made. That's why the numbers are the way they are. Oh, yeah. And by the way, yeah. I had a, I had a note from Todd, down South Carolina, Stan. Hey, Todd. Hey, Todd. Uh, Angelo is so right, and don't forget to add Slumlord. True that. Absolutely true. Yeah. Donald Trump, high-rise hillbilly. Ugh. And, uh, yes, so we had to have an obligatory response regarding, you know, since I hauled out a line from Idiocracy, Steve in New York says, uh, it has electrolytes. Yeah, it's what plants crave, Steve. Um, and uh, Lee, in, Lee in New York with a note, subject line, Scott, and you opened the documentary door, and Scott walked through. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Emilio said, damn it, Robin, I was drinking buttermilk with sugar just now. Okay, not really. Buttermilk with Please. sugar? What? Emilio, what? I, what happened to me, though, really? That I want you, you since you brought up buttermilk. When I was a kid, I couldn't get enough buttermilk. I love buttermilk. And then a couple of years ago, I got a quart carton of it, a paper carton, and put it in the refrigerator, let it sit there for a couple of days, poured me a big old glass, and I couldn't get past the third sip. Oh, I bet you bought some of that fat free buttermilk garbage. No, no, I deliberately looked for the uh, the buttermilk that had all the, just like uh, we used to drink when I was a kid. It was like, it was 4%, is that what the yeah. proper, yeah, yeah, that's what, because I specifically got that. But I just, maybe my taste buds have changed or something. Well, and maybe um, it was the wrong time, you, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but an ice cold slug of buttermilk, 
when it's blazing hot outside, heavenly, just heavenly. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe I'll try it again in the summertime. And uh, it, it, Ron in Raleigh is tormenting me. He sent me a link to, uh, he said, here's some equipment for you, and sent me a link to some Japanese kitchen knife porn. Japanese <sighs> kitchen knife. Oh, they're pretty. Oh, they're pretty. You know, and 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 you could Japan, do sushi with these. Oh, the black. Oh, the black blade. Ooh. In oh. Japan, their hands are used like a knife. It's true, but you can't do the same with a tomato. Oh no, no. No, uh, brother Deacon Asa says since since you're always about always be learning, uh, would you be interested in learning a thing or two about sous vide cooking? What cooking? Sous-vide? Yeah, that's a, that 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 was that was that was a brother deacon being a, being a smartass. That's funny, sous vide. No, not sous vide, sous vide, S O U S V I D E. Well, what is it? I, how is it? Who is it? It's 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 too much to explain. It's it's cooking low and slow in like a plastic bag in boiling water, or not boiling water, but it, I'm even getting it wrong, but. It's heavenly. It, 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 everything, everything sous vide is nothing short of delicious. Scott, I'm going to roll because uh, a couple of people have indicated an interest in uh, getting into the program. And, uh, well, in, 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 if you're going to take one for the team, take one for the team. You can, you can report back because I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that adipose wad of, of, of waddling uh, Grievances and 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 petty hatreds. But you'll you'll play clips. Yeah. Tomorrow or the next day, not tomorrow, but the following day. Well, now I have to try this. Emilio says we actually drank buttermilk with sugar when we were kids. All right, I'm not past trying it. Huh? Okie doke. Right. Scott, have yourself a good evening, my friend. Robin, you too, and uh, Horn family. I hope that. Uh, the rest of your week and the rest of your month are just tickety-boo. And uh, who can ask for anything more? And why would you? Right. Be good, okay. Scott. See ya. See ya. Bye. And uh, by the way, just a quick reminder, we got the fundraising goal down to $1,075, which is awesome. Surely do need to get it down some more if we possibly can. Thank you, Ralphs, for the challenge, and thank you, Roger, for answering it, and thank you, Lady B. Thank you. Um, and, uh, lady, and there's lady B it's 30 degrees here and I'm fucking freezing my tits off. I like my tits. I kicked in 420 cause that's what time it's about to be here in the Rocky mountains. Enjoying the show. Keep it up. Someday you'll be famous. Oh, someday, someday. <laughs> it, reminds, it reminds me of the trip to New York with, uh, uh, with, with, with Chris and Ferg was with me and we were, getting ready to go to the go to a museum and we had sort of we weren't sure where the entrance was and we split up and chris saw me and probably about a hundred yards between us and she hollered hey bob kincaid and this random new yorker looks at me and goes you're bob kincaid i went well yes and walks over and starts shaking my hand darn glad to meet you bob welcome to new york he thought that, thought that Chris had recognized me. Oh, I, was, uh, I hope I never forget that. That was a beautiful thing.
Uh, let's run over to the stress line and see what's going on. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey there, hi there, hello there. Hey, what's up? Well, you know, I, I'm listening I was listening to you, Sahita, and it tickles me. You know, these people, these, um, these damn um, election deniers, if you don't believe that the, you can, that the elections are fair, why are you running for office? Damn good question. And the fact that all of these elections right, and the Republic and the Republicans who won their elections in 2020 on the same ballot that they claim the election was stolen from Nitwit Nero, right? Was your election dirty I mean, too? I don't hear Lindsey, right? Because I don't hear Miss Lindsey or, or or you know the tortoise crying about that because they won. So you can't have it both ways. You know what is it? That dog don't hunt. Because you can't claim that the election was fraudulent if you, if you're if some of you won because if that means if a, if the election was fraudulent, then Lindsey Graham and uh, and Mitch the Turtle McConnell shouldn't be you know should oh, they, Mitch is, should, Mitch is they? Num- and you know what Mitch's numbers were weird right but here's the thing <laughs> are they the Clarence Thomas of affirmative action. Yeah, for for me, but not for thee. Because right. it's like because you know he doesn't consider his his law degree, you know, because if it had to be, you know, for affirmative action. His law degree was I devalued. Have but, yeah, his law degree was devalued because he was an affirmative action admission. Uh huh. Oh, by the way, forgetting you'll you'll get a kick yeah. out of this. We are a judgy lot. So Emilio, who did not grow up in the United States and has mentioned that fact, Uh-oh. Emilio says that he drank, as kids, they drank buttermilk with sugar in it. Well, Lady B was right there. Sugar in buttermilk? Next you'll be telling me you put sugar in your grits. Fucking monster. No, it's, it's the grapes in your, in your potato, the raisin in the potato salad. Well, you know, I meant to tell you, Tracy. I meant to tell you. Oh no no no! That I've been telling people okay, about what? the. I've well, been I've been I've been telling people about the supremacists and the. <laughs> yeah, uh, what? Well, okay. Well, I've been telling people about the health benefits of eating dried grapes. I'm raising awareness. <sighs> that, oh, that hurt. See what I did there? Raising awareness? Ha! Huh? He's uh, a raising awareness. Ha! Ah. It's please. Yeah, because I had to. Are you trying to get me back for the pictures that I sent you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, by the way, okay. is the is the out at Taco Bell yet? What's today's date? Is it the seventeenth? No. Okay. So we got a couple more. We got a, we got a couple more days to go. Is oh. it terrible that I am looking forward to the seventeenth of November? Because you get your enchilada. So back. I can get. Can I get my inch? But it's only for a limited time. I'm like you, mother. Yeah. Well, it's like the McRib. Oh, who gives a freak about the next rib? It's not even, it's not even, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm about to piss people off. 
because after all these years, I finally tried the McRib, and I was instantly angry. I'm a black woman who grew up eating ribs, and that was an abomination. I'm like, Pe- people like this shit? Uh, man. Cause I just, I, it has to be wonderful because I think, you know, how many years has the McRib, you know, it comes out a certain time of the year and people covet it. Oh my God, the McRib, the McRib, yeah, the yeah, McRib. But, but, but and I'm this, like, yeah, but this is McDonald's and they put that, and they, they, they put that obnoxious McFlurry shake out every March too. Or that, that, oh, the, the green that, one? Yeah, the green one. L. Right. Ew, ew. Oh God! Here's you know, but okay, like, okay. I'm on. I'm. I'm, I'm just. I'm just. Oh, no. I'm all over the wrong side of of, of Lady B this evening. Raising awareness. Ooh. Raising awareness, Robin. I suppose you thought that shit was punny. Ah. Brother Deacon. Brother Deacon. Brother Deacon Asa has done consigned me to the hot place. You're going to hell for that one. Yep, murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what was that oh my we, we god were sitting about, here trying we to... were talking about something a couple of nights ago and i was thinking wait a minute i could put raisins in that no 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 hold on i know what it was it was the sweet potato croquettes <laughs> for thanksgiving oh. Because, you know, sweet, well, well, you know. Oh, I'm you, so glad I'm not coming to your house. I am so glad I'm not coming to your house. Thank I'm going to make them. I'm, I'll have them on the table at the next horn in, and I ain't telling you. Um, I just started raising them 20 miles away. Don't even, don't try me, bitch. No. No, so the sweet potato croquettes, you know, you mash up your, you mash up your canned yams until they're, you know, mashed. And usually we uh, dump in, like, couple of the, you know, the small tuna fish size cans of crushed pineapple. And. Wait, now, wait, now, wait, hold up, hold up. So not only are you putting raisins, but now you're throwing in pineapple. Well, I've never okay. done the raisins before, just, but that's, that's what I was thinking about. I could add raisins and, and you take the marshmallow, you, you take your whole marshmallow and you, 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 you wrap it up in the sweet potato and then you dip the sweet potato in melted butter and then you roll it in uh, crushed cornflakes and you put it in your bacon dish, and I was thinking, you know, raisins would be really good in that. I think you're doing this. I think you're really doing this just to mock me, but that's okay. You are really earning your no, way. I'm just car. thinking. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking of all the ways that raisins can be so good. Raisin awareness. If I don't get a check, from, you know, we got we got a one thousand seventy five dollar fundraising hole, and if I don't get a check from Sun Made at some point, I'm gonna be pissed. I mean, all this, you know, all this, all this talk of raisins, and I and I'm mad too. I mean, product placement. I, you know, I just see. Okay, so. Let me explain myself about what you were just talking about with the, you know, the pineapple, you know, aside from the raisins, because we will not even speak on raisins right now. But, see, nobody, because this whole, you know, with the, with the uh, marshmallows, 
in the map in the in the sweet potatoes. That's not something. And I'm not speaking for all black people. I'm just talking about the the Porter. I'm going to name all the all the the last names in my family: the Porter Johnson, uh, Ellis, uh, Jones, uh, uh, Hall, um, English <laughs> contention of my family. Because ain't nobody, ain't nobody, okay. I'm going to say it one more time. And I'm going to say it like I'm speaking with more laughter. Ain't nobody in my family ever, 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 ever had a marshmallow anywhere near a, a, a sweet potato. You got to be kidding me. Okay. I don't know a lot of black people who do. And I, again, and now, like I said, I'm not talking about. I I don't even like marshmallows. I don't. Uh, they're, they're, I, I dis- we have discovered in recent years that they are the best. They are the best cat toys ever devised. I mean, the only thing that, for me and mine, that a marshmallow is good for are s'mores and rice krispie treats. Well, okay, 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 but I mean, you got. I mean, you'd have to have the sweet potato croquettes, and you put the marshmallows. You know, there's a marshmallow inside every croquette, but you put the marshmallows on top, and they and you bake them, and they get so brown and crispy and gooey, no. wonderful. Mm-mm. You see, in, in, in my in my in my in my folks, this is this is how we do sweet potatoes, and I now I, I need a consensus of the black folks because now I got to know, how, you know, like you said, like the lady B said, last thing I know, you said you put sugar in your grits, and then we got, we just got to fight. But so for me and my my folks, this is what goes into sweet potatoes, okay? That you know, also known as candied yams, yams. okay? Okay, a can you know, because you know. You, it could be a sweet potato or a yam, whatever the case may be. So it's all about the same. I know. So there will be butter. There will be brown sugar. There will be white sugar. There will be nutmeg. There will be cinnamon. There might be some allspice just to, you know, just to, you know, kick it up a notch. And there would did I say vanilla yet? Yeah, I think you did. Oh, no, the those are all the things that should be going in some sweet potatoes or candied yams. But that's just me. Now, I know Lady B is, now see, now you got me doing my southern critique. No, I'm no, like, Lady, Lady, will Lady, be. Lady, B, Lady B already chimed in. Subject line, Tracy. Looks like we're going to have to snatch back her cookout pass. Raisins as an ingredient. Made oh. me clutch my chest. Lord have mercy. You're being cruel and hateful now, Robin. Jesus, spare your blasphemy for those who hate, not the ones who love you. Lo, I stand at the door, lo, I stand at the door with a box of sun-made raisins and knock. But I need to and hell, get... I ain't even arguing for the white raisins. Uh, but you... Oh, I can't say it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, but by, by the way, by the okay. way, you you, you, uh, you are a fan of mob movies. Yes. Yeah, yes. Well, I just got a note from. Uh, I just got a note from uh, Kevin in Massachusetts. Kevin and Tracy. Hey, y'all. Um, uh, noting that uh, Kevers McCarthy, man of silly putty, 
uh, you know, we talked about it earlier in the program. He uh, got nominated to be speaker, so it's the happiest day of his life. Yes, I saw that. But the thing is that it's accompanied by a picture of him smiling like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush. And 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 th- there's a cowbell involved in this. And that's for Kevin. He said, he looks just like a beaming Joe Pesci after his mom sent him off that morning in the movie. So I'm putting up a $30 Kevin McCarthy the Made Man Challenge. <laughs> That's oh, an no. analogy because we we know what happened to Joe Pesci. Yeah, that line. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So there's a thirty dollar challenge now, on the now, table, which would get us almost down to a thousand bucks, which is huge. <laughs> and it's now, the Kevin, now I'm Kevin the Kevin McCarthy the Made Man Challenge. <laughs> God, Kevin, Don't that's perfect. Cheap, is it, what, is, what do they say? What do they say? Be careful what you wish for. Well, here's my here's my take on the whole, you know, Nitwit Nero, um, uh, uh, Ron Lucky of DeSantis thing, okay, about, you know, 2024. This is my take because, you know, I'm still a neophyte when it comes to politics, but there's stuff I remember. And I'm 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 hearkening back to the 1992 election and Ross Perot threw his hat in the ring, and so what I'm thinking that if if the Trump candidate you know does not win the primary, he'll just run as an independent. Possible. And what will happen? It will split the vote. Because not that you know, and the same thing happened with Gore and Bush the second. When Ralph Nader, I know it more than about anything, and the the, the you're talking about the the capacity of it all with Ralph Nader running and splitting the vote in the Democratic Party in uh, what was that 2000? That part. I'm just, I mean, like I said, there's things. Because for me, it's recent. I mean, it's, it's somewhat recent history, and I just get excited that I remember things that just didn't happen last night. <laughs> so, because because I mean, and that's not that's only if he's not in jail. But the fact of the matter is, you really think he's going to sit it out if he doesn't win the primary? Come on, player. Look at who we're dealing with. I would, I would, I would love. I, I mean, I would, I would not be upset about that. You know, Nitwit Nero. I mean, am I Nitwit, wrong? No, you thinking that? Well, I mean, I mentioned that the other night. You know, he could accept the the Constipation Party's uh, nomination if he loses the Republican primary. Sure, I don't. I don't see how that's not a possibility. He could never go back to being a Republican again. I guess. But he's got. But he's 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 got to have somebody near him. Maybe even he himself, who understands math at least on the level that I do that would just split the vote and give Joe Biden a second term I'm certainly down I'm certainly down for that well that's my point that is my absolute point it's the fact that let's see remember he doesn't listen because he can't learn he doesn't listen 
you can't learn. What was the, the I'm going to, you know, back in the day when your grandparents, or in your case, that's probably definitely your parents said, I'm going to learn you. And at the time, it would have been, boy, I'm going to learn you. That's when you when the, you learn yes, when in you the past, get, in, the, in the past tense is spelled L A R N T learn learn you you know when somebody tells you you gonna get learned I'm gonna learn you uh, that's beyond that's that's when you you done fucked up buddy because see you've been told over and over and over again not to do something yeah. And it's often followed by, go, and go and go and cut me a switch. Right. And don't come back with no twig, because then the no, grandma and me no. going to go out there and uproot a tree. Right, because right, we, yeah, we, 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 know, we know that Richard Pryor bit. Don't bring me back one of them measly ones, because then I don't have to go cut my own. Right. I'm going to get a good one. Okay, That's Mom. right. You, you know, so it's like, so... I am now sitting back, you know, for the next two years, I'm sitting back and just eating the popcorn, but enough of these assholes. So what we need to do for the next two years, because see, we, I don't know what it is, uh, you know, how you guys are talking about the abysmal numbers of the voter turnout here in L.A. County, y'all. It's a one-way street, you idiot! What the fuck? Sorry. Uh, here in LA County, I think the, the, the entire county of Los Angeles, twenty-three percent turnout. And see, here in California, that's gotten no. Wait, wait, twenty-three percent. Twenty-three percent. Yes. That's embarrassing. You know, and see, again, this is unacceptable. Considering in California, I was looking at this. Okay, today it's just people just doing stupid shit, just pulling out in front of a bitch and just wanting to get hit. Okay, see, I don't want to go to jail, but see, you motherfuckers is going to make me get out and snatch a bitch. But anywho. Sorry. Well, I on, l- listen. You know, wait, wait, wait. This no. It's time. It's time for a check-in. It's like you know. It's like when you're at the plant entrance and it says we've had this many on-the-job days without a work accident. Yes, how, we have how, had how many, now how three. Weeks. You, how many days since you've been dragged by your cab? Okay, so we're going on now. Let's see. Since twenty-one, uh, we are now going on twenty-three. Wait, twenty. Wait, what? No, I got the math. See, shit. Saturday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Twenty-five days, y'all. Twenty-five days <laughs> since your sis got drugged. I, I know because a cab can't drug me. Who, who was the asshole that caught, clocked me on my grammar? I'm like, motherfucker, I'm in pain, and you gonna you gonna clock me on my damn grammar? You know, see, that's why we can't have nice things. Right there. I'm I'm in pain and 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 in shock and all this there and somebody go no you know you can't be drugged I I'm like oh. this is this is fine so 25 days y'all since I got trapped you know it's the little things that keep you happy but you know but the thing is I keep thinking 
about, uh, you know, our, you know, our country and the Democrats. And we need to start, I mean, you know, we all hate the campaigning. We just, you know, but we need, we have years because as we both know, the house is like, you know, even though they have a razor thin margin, it looks like the Republic, the Republicans are going to take over the house. Okay. And it, it's so, don't forget. So, is there such a thing? So, in the in the house, do they have to have a supermajority and shit like they do when we try to do shit in the Senate? No, different animals. Or do they just have to have? Uh huh. See, and just, see just that, the rules. Okay, okay, but anyway, okay, okay. History time. History time. Uh, the house. Oh God! It's Robin's history moment. Brought to you by Sun Made Raisins. Sun Made Raisins. What? Yes. <laughs> um, the House of Representatives had a filibuster too back in the 19th century and then they got ah. rid of it and then they got rid of it because they realized they couldn't get anything done and then they brought it back and then they got rid of it again still in the 19th century because they realized there was no way that they could do their constitutional duty and have a filibuster, but it has hung on. It has hung around like a bad penny in the Senate, not in the Constitution, nowhere to be found, and you know the single most anti-democratic thing uh, in in day-to-day governance uh, in 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 the federal legislature. By the way, we've started it. I, we no, not we. Meet you. You started it. Uh, Jimmy in the Great Northwest said marshmallows. Hey, y'all, long time since I last contacted. Growing up, the two sides of my family, Louisiana and Alabama, we didn't have sweet potatoes. We had yams, and they were candied with marshmallows. So there's that. Then Barbara jumped in and said, Tell Tracy I've eaten sweet potato casserole with toasted marshmallow toppings since I was a young child. I know many other black people who do, too. I remember it becoming popular in the 50s. Maybe it's something that people in the East eat. My family and relatives came from Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina. So we got... Well, we got pretty much the, the entire South. We got Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, Alabama, and Louisiana. The only ones missing are uh, Tennessee and Kentucky Stan and Arkansas and maybe Texas. But I'll bet. I'll, but I'll bet. I'll bet you. If well, I, okay. I'll bet you if I rang up John Britavo, because he got he got Louisiana but roots. John Britavo ain't white. Okay, he, okay, 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 see, okay, see, here, 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 wait, wait, here, okay, 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 like I said, I named my folk, okay, the Arkansas, okay, by what, L.A. by us, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Missouri, so there, yeah, so, see, it's the Ar- it's, 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 it's the Arkansas, Missouri thing, they probably didn't have the mm-hmm. re- yeah Arkansans and Missourians probably didn't have the recipe for marshmallows. <laughs> it's like when you go to Europe and you can't get a glass of ice water. It's because they, they they lost the recipe. They lost the recipe for ice. Mm-hmm. 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 Now here's the here's the here's the deal, uh, sweetie. Because like I said, remember I qualified this shit. I qualify you it did, with the people, the black you people did, that you, I know. You na- you name checked your family. Okay, I I brought receipts. I called and I eat and then 
if you take part of attention contingent, you know, uh, part people, those are the that folks that my mama married into, and those Negroes are from Mississippi. So, and I ain't see never. And now, oh, and wait, I am married to a white woman, okay, who grew up during the fifties, and she ain't never had no marshmallows in her in her in her, in her yams or whatever y'all do that casserole bullshit. Thanks. So see, now I'm bringing other receipts because now I'm bringing in the white Jewish folk from uh, that came over from Russia. And the, some of the first well, settlers in well, them, them Russians definitely didn't have the recipe for marshmallows. No, no, no. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Lady, B, Lady B's back. Yeah, Tracy. Raises hands slowly. We ate marshmallows on our candy games, too. Mom from Arkansas, Dad from Mississippi. See, now, let's see again. Again, I just called out the black folks that I know. And I did not speak for the entire black contingency. But like I said. Got me worried. Got me, got me, worried. Got me worried about the cookout, though. But again, like I said, I've been to plenty of black folks' homes over the over the decades, and I promise you, I've never, ever, ever, and again, this is, you know, as far, okay, I now I got the Georgia component with my sister-in-law from Macon, and I ain't never seen no marshmallows nowhere near her sister of candy yams or whatever. Never. I just, I, I just, I, you know, and not to say, now, I have to say, I, you know, because I do like me some roasted marshmallows. Don't get it twisted. I am not, I am, you know, there's a lot of things about whiteness that I don't like, but marshmallows are not one of them. Okay? I have no problems with marshmallows. Okay? Especially, like I said, with me some, uh, uh, some uh, s'mores and shit. I'm, I'm there. I have. I even got a special s'mores cooking implement because I'm me and I'm, bu- I'm and I'm bougetto. Yes, that is a very bougetto thing to have. I, I'm, I'm bougetto, so you know I'm not gonna just do anything on like a, you know a wire coat hanger. No more wire coat hanger. <laughs> Because you know, you know, Joan Crawford would be really upset if I still if I had wire coat hangers in my house. So, so I see the eye. Your eyes have rolled all the way back to your neck and back. You know what? Rattling like marbles. You know. <laughs> but no, actually, it was really cool. Of course, there was by Hershey's, and it was like kind of. Like a little paddle, kind of. You know how you have those. You know when you grill fish on the uh, on the griddle or the grill oh, yeah. fish yeah, on the yeah, grill. Yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of like that. So you put, you know, so you could do the whole thing: the the the, the marshmallow and the chocolate, and the and the graham cracker all at the same time. And it gets a, a nice toasted thing going. So yeah, okay. Other, but like I said. And now I am curious about the marshmallow on the yam casserole because, see, I love yams. 
As a matter of fact, the other night for dinner, what did we have? Yes, we had uh, pork chops and applesauce. No, there was no applesauce. But a pork chops and, and baked yams. And of course, I had me some little brown, a little brown sugar, a little cinnamon, and some butter with the pork chops. So you so know you, that was so tasty. So you got so, to tell me, are you going to... Are, are, are you going to do the mac and cheese? You know, the homemade, the baked, you know. Okay. So there's a bunch of people here in Los Angeles, California, here. that is very upset with me because I will, you know what Jan and I have made or making for Thanksgiving this year? What? Reservation. Girl. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not cooking. We're going out. We're going to the now. We're you know we are going to Universal Hilton, and they have the most amazing buffet. Makes you want to slap your mama. I mean, and I'm on, and I'm just waiting for the carving station. You know what I'm saying? Now I will. I told my nephew because of my sister and. You know, because I, I, I have basically told my family to fuck off because they're fucking with me about this, my sister's um, celebration, her homegoing um, ceremony. And now motherfuckers want to start, you know, having, you know, opinions and shit. And I'm like, so your, your girl had to lay down the law. I'm like, this is what is not going to happen. Okay. I have I have made all other fucking arrangements. The only thing I want from you motherfuckers is the fact to help to pay for this shit. That is it. Because everybody's like, we can bring a dish, we can cook. I said, fuck you and fuck everybody else that's thinking about this shit. Because here's what's happening. Tracy Michelle Porter, that's me, just in case y'all didn't know, is not only working fucking damn near full time, but what am I also doing around this? What am I doing? Uh, that I would know. Be, that would be pursuing a master's degree for a thousand, Alex. Okay. Zombie Alex. Okay. Okay. So, right. So this thing, this whole thing is taking um, place on December the fourth, and eleven days. Let's see, December the fourth. So the twelfth of December is technically my last day of school. So everything that I'm working on has to be done by the twelfth of December. So I am taking, I said, if you think you are motherfuckers is going to come to my house and cook in my kitchen and leave my house a fucking mess, you got another goddamn thing coming. Okay? Because now what are you, and I won't say what I said because I know how you, now what are you gingers are going to come in my house and clean up? And I'm not going to, I said, I'm married to Jan and y'all know how she is. So why are you trying to make this shit harder? Yeah, I have I have to go there. I I, I you know because I told you know I said y'all keep forgetting because like the two people that's making the most noise about what we should do, them bitches don't work. They're retired on disability, so y'all ain't coming to my house and tearing up my house. And leaving me with having to do papers and shit and then say, bye, bitch. No. Am I being awful? Because you know I can be no, awful. No, you're not being awful at all. But you know, you, know what it makes, you, know, you know what it makes me think of, Tracy? What? My last Thanksgiving. Your la- what happened with your last Thanksgiving? Absolutely nothing. 
Yes, that's right. Cause yes, it was quiet. And I couldn't. You get, didn't have I, no rigmarole. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't get out and drive around yet. Right. And were you home yet? Oh, I don't no, remember. No, no. Were you we, home? No, honey. You were still. Was, you were still in out. I was. You still I was, in Alabama. Uh, I was maybe two weeks post-op. Okay. Right. So and, what did you and I? What did you and Annette do? Wind up doing? Did you guys have take it, take out? Um, or whatever. No, no, we just, you... we, no, we just, we just, uh, uh, she just fixed up some little something, something out of the kitchen because, uh, uh, <laughs> I had a kitchen because nobody, because nobody was delivering on Thanksgiving day. Right. Those were, those were, those were two, the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas were two of the sweetest days and simplest days. Of my okay. life, to that, of, of my life to that point, on Christmas Day we were on the road. We were driving from Florence to made it up to Lexington, and there was not a blessed thing open. And so Christmas dinner was um, um, bread and oil and uh, grated Parmesan cheese in a motel room. What? In, no raisins. Not, no raisins in, in, a, in a motel in Lexington, Kentucky. And it was just... Wait a minute. There was no Chinese restaurants open? Nope. Either? Nope. Not like, not, not like on, you know, no, Christmas no, story? No, 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 honey. We're talking With about... No, no. We're not... We're, we're, talk, we're, talk, we're talking about... We're talking about Lexington, Kentucky. I know. I'm just being stupid. I know this. Um, you know, back in the day when Alex, you know, when it was just me and Alex, our Christmas tradition was we would go see whatever, you know, it, it started with the, it started with Lord of the Rings because, you know, that trilogy, you know, it came out every Christmas. So we would go to the movie and then we would pick, you know, with a, you know, where it'd be Thai food, Chinese food or what have you, whatever would be open and we would go to dinner. Right. And so it became a tradition because I wasn't cooking for a bunch of people and stuff. And it was just nice. You know, we would go to, we, well, it actually it would be lunch because we would go to the, we would go to the first showing or whatever we were going to see on Christmas morning, first showing. And then we would go to lunch and, you know, come home and do the Christmas gift things, basically me buying gifts for Alex and then we maybe go out later on that night or have, or have something delivered because guess why? I live in civilization. Don't eye roll me. Don't. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't do it, nothing. It, 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 it's not nice. It's not nice. So now I need for you to sit. I'm not going to mess with the croquette thingy because that just sounds too time consuming. So I guess somebody needs to send me a recipe with the things, and there will be no raisins. If I see one recipe with the yams or the candy, whatever, and there's a, anywhere near a, a raisin anywhere mentioned, I don't even want to see a fucking advertisement for the raisins. You hear me? Well, you're the one talking about raisins in front of your cell phone. You're probably going to get a, a, a 500 ads for raisins. <laughs> Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Ugh. That part. But anywho, now I'm curious. 
Um, and I'm even now kind of curious about the, the, the yam croquettes. Oh, you can, yeah, you can leave. With no reason. Yeah, no, no, I was, I was only kidding about the raisins in the first place, just to devil. No, you weren't. Yeah, well. No, you weren't. Uh, you just, you just, no, because no, you, no, you, no, you know you're gonna no, do it. No, 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 no. The, the, they, <laughs> they are. It's, it's like, you know. Uh, there's an orthodoxy that attaches to these things, and they are what they are. <laughs> I mean, there would be there, 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 there would be uh, ill will attached to any raisins in those sweet potato. Cr- the pineapple, the pineapple is okay because it just adds a little. Bit of extra sweet and tart, but no. Who are you calling the tart? Yeah, quit that. <laughs> Don't be awful. Takes one to know. Takes one to know one. Clarence, Clarence, I'm not. I don't know if Clarence is on the road or down in South Carolina stand, but uh, uh, Clarence says uh, I have seen marshmallow yam combo dishes at church dinners and church dinner sales. My early years in the fifties and sixties. We're spent in the church basement after all, almost every Sunday service. So, you know what? When I'm thinking, the thing I'm thinking about the marshmallows, especially in the fifties and the sixties, because you know, I just, I just missed being a baby boomer by a hair's breadth, because baby boomer ended um, in '64, and Gen X started in '65. You know, the church every. Everybody's chart is different, but I, you know, but I was, I'm probably a Gen Xer because I was born in 66, but I, you know, because I grew up all, around all these people that were born in the 40s and the 50s, you know, and so marshmallows, I don't know, was it the, was it the crackerels that case? Because marshmallows is every fucking thing, man, especially jello molds. Oh, no, 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 the, the late 50s and early 60s are a nightmare of, of of jello molds and aspics. Dear God. Aspic. Oh, dear God. Oh God. I mean, I I, have, oh, I, I I hesitate to say it, but I have seen oh, I have seen aspics made with plain gelatin and miracle whip. Mm. I know. I know. It's awful. I I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. I got to keep this down because I'm driving, and I just it just hurt my heart. I know. Did you know what? Okay, because I, I I know you got you made that announcement a couple of weeks ago about the woman that did Julia and Julia passed away. So did you ever see that movie? Oh yeah. When she cooked her way through, and she got to the aspic, and she's just like, "What? No, no." Oh, it was in the book. No, there's like, and and oh, there's like, and I love tomatoes. Lord God knows I love tomato, tomato aspic. No, just uh, never. Well, remember I told you that my grandparents, my paternal grandparents, are from Missouri, mm-hmm. and I, you know, see, the more you know about history, and you know, and you put it in context of your family and the family dynamics and the diet that we had growing up. I mean, you know, that when I would go, when I would go visit my grandparents and spend the night or what have you, tomato and bread casserole. And see, now I know that's just, you know, that's just the product of the depression because you did what you had to do. 
you know. Yeah, but yeah, kind of like kind of like catch fast food ketchup packaged tomato soup. I, I get it, but oh my god, I just did right. something. I just did something I wish I hadn't done. I typed oh, in, in, into Jesus. my browser. I typed bad Jello molds. No, it's not like bad Santa. Oh, that's worse. I'm 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 looking at a Jello mold here that's made with shrimp and sliced boiled eggs. I'm not all right. I'm not all Speaking of scrimp, I went to this place that's called Mr. Fry Man, mm-hmm. a fry guy. They all oh, Robin. I ha- so I just got the plain chili cheese fries. But they have they do these wonderful, and I love it because this is one of these um, one of these um, businesses that was born out of the pandemic, and now they're a franchise. They started the brother, uh, and on top of the fact it's black owned, so that just makes me even happier. Um, so the brother worked Sunday through Thursday from like six. I guess he would get home. I forget he worked at Pepsi, and as soon as he came home. He would start cooking. His wife would prep and stuff while he was at work. And then he would go on Instagram and put out today's menu. So he had this one. It's like they, he puts, you know, protect, you know, fry, French fries is, 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 you know, give me a word that's just beyond wonderful. Just, you know, and so, but then he does these things like, Shrimp and cheese and chicken and cheese and uh well, see that's why that's why that's that's why that's why I'm waiting for Secret Sandwich to open back up. I just want my French fries with my pimento cheese on it. That's all I want. Oh, and by the way, I mentioned pimento cheese to my mother because I said, "Well, is it? Am I being just evil? You know, dragging Robin for the pimento cheese?" She said, "No, Cora." How could you? Oh, 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 speaking of my mom, what's today's... Okay, okay. So I got a challenge. Okay, so yesterday was my mom's birthday and also my father's birthday. They were born... And actually, scary enough, Prince Charles's birthday as well. Oh, dear. My dad was... Yeah, my dad was born in 47. I don't think we can have a British Crown Jewels challenge. No, 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 no. I'm just doing the numbers. My mom, my dad was born in 47. Charles, Prince Charles was born in 48. But my mom was born in 49. And so, so I'm going to do a no, happy birthday, mom. 1949 was a very good year. Uh, $24.50 challenge. Okay. No, wait. Yeah, that's 49. Yes. That's forty nine. Twenty four dollars and fifty cents worth of challenges on the table. And that would uh that would get us down to um let's see, um nine seventy five, which would be awesome in the ten minutes remaining in the yeah, I'm program. trying to get you un- I'm I'm trying to get you under a thousand. That would be least. helpful. All the no, you know, and, I mean, and, no, you we're, know swe- we're sweating here. We're there's no doubt about it. We are. Um, oh no! I I and I, I have a reason because I think you got that ma- that mail the other day. So yes, we yes, you know we can't. Okay, and okay. So 
we need now here's where Tracy goes all all, you know, prophesize and, and uh, look at here now. We need Robin. Okay. We laugh and joke a lot about stuff and and but the fact of all the not just like I keep saying it in the decade now that I have been listening over a decade at this point that I have been listening to her show. I have learned, I have become more politically aware than I thought I would ever become. And because it is not just me, I have, you know, tell a friend and they tell a friend and they tell a friend because of the stuff that I have learned, I have made more people aware of just how important voting is. I have talked to people, you know, I have talked down people with this on the talking point and, and made people and start investigating stuff. I have learned is, you know, I didn't learn this from Robin, but when I was, when I took poli sci a million years ago and I had my poli sci teacher, one of the things that I learned was, you know, about the propositions there in California. He's like, don't even bother trying to read the propositions. Scroll all the way down to see who's funding the motherfuckers. And then research them. Right. And that will tell you whether or not you should vote on, how you should vote on this proposition. But because, you know, I'm, I, this is something that I've learned, but then this is something that I've told other people on this show. I'm being, I mean, look, I know the average motherfucker on this, this listen to the show. These, these are some smart people, but we don't know everything. So it's, it's, it's good that we have this platform that we can talk about the stuff that we talk about and we can, you know, we can agree to disagree, like whether we put, we put sugar on uh, raisins on stuff and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, wait a minute, before I forget, we're talking about food. Bitch, I mean, Robert, yeah, yeah, sugar man. or butter, sugar or butter, I mean, sugar or salt on your, on your grits. Sugar and grits? You're taking too long to answer. Sugar and grits? There Lord. are people who do that. Well, it, it, if you it, want it, it sugar in something, go, go make you some cream of wheat. Go make some cream. If you want some sugar on some hot stuff, on a hot white cereal, go get you some cream of wheat. You want to know what kind of a okay. hard, you want to know what kind of a hardcore I am? I went. Oh, it was a few years ago, but I went on on, on I went searching on that website. I don't even know if you've ever had this Ralston. Ralston hot cereal. I've heard of it, but I've never had it. Yep, it's a different animal altogether. Um, oh, but I and I forget what it was we were doing, but um, <laughs> Lady B stops. Subject line stops cleaning loud enough to yell no, and adds, "Don't forget the Jello mold in the movie <laughs> Christmas Vacation. The aunt made hers with green Jello and dried cat food." Oh. Oh, no! Ah! Mm -hmm. Yeah, ah! no. Oh, we've grossed out the entire Horn Family Community Congregation at this point. And now we, we are now moving into the 5 o'clock hour in California, on the Pacific Coast. So there are people. And the challenges, I mean, are, the to, challenges are doomed. 
And just as I said that, just as I said that, uh, Clarence jumped in. So there's five dollars remaining on the Kevin McCarthy looks just uh, Kevin McCarthy made man Joe Pesci challenge from Kevin and Tracy in Massachusetts. So five dollars to go on that, and then the uh, uh, and then the twenty nine fifty. 1949 was a very good year challenge. So we uh, so that's a total of 3450. 3450 in both challenges will be met, and they badly need to be. Thank you, Clarence. Yeah. Thank you, Doc. I just you know, and back to what Lady B said. One day that you will be famous, but you are famous. You're famous for for us, and you know. And I talk about you all the time. I just want, I just want you to get the following and the and the accolade. And the, and the financial security that you deserve. Because when I, you know, I have just given up on MSNBC. I didn't really watch it that much anyway, but when they fired Tiffany Cross, I'm like, and hey, that's it. I'm done. You know, and so we have, it, it, it tickles the fuck out of me when people talk about the mainstream media, the, the left leading mainstream. I'm like, fuck y'all. It's to get some decent news and not have it be, you know, twisted all the fuck to the right. And we have that. You take stuff, you take, I don't even want to know about the preparation that goes, how long it takes for you to prepare for a show. This is your job. This is your life. This is your calling. And you should be duly compensated as such. I think about, I don't know if you heard, but there's a strike going on on the UC campuses of the of the of the associate teaching staff of the teaching of the the teachers aides and the grad student research. Yeah, students. because they're These they're living the lives of yeah indentured servitude. Servitude, twenty four thousand dollars, and I'm like. Fuck that. My professor yesterday in class, we were talking about the militarization of the police and starting salaries here in L.A. for LAPD is about 120 something thousand a year. He's like, I got a goddamn Ph.D. and I don't make that kind of money. So the people who do good. The people who teach your children, the people who take care of, you know, your your older parents or the confirmed or what have you, the people who keep this country running don't get paid what they're due. Robin does not. I mean, and the beautiful thing about her is she, it's not about profit for her. If she's, do, you know, this is the third. I have seen four people walking on the freeway today. What the entire fuck? Okay, but anywho, she is doing a great service. She does not have to do this, but she has the love of her country. She has the love of our family, and she wants to do everything that she possibly can to for us to reach, you know, that more perfect union. But she can't do this worried about whether or not the lights, because you know, by the way, you know, this all on the internet, so. There's people she got to pay. She got to pay the internet people. But before she paid the internet people, she got to pay the electric people because she can't, if she don't pay the electric people, she ain't going to have no internet. So it's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rolling, it's a domino thing. If you don't pay this, you don't pay that. This don't get done. Come on. No, she should not. And the, by the way, none of this is behind a paywall. 
you know, there's shows that you can only listen to the first hour of the show if you're not a, a subscriber. And, you know, and you have, if you have to listen, if you want to listen to the other two hours, you got to pay money. This is not the case. Now, no, and we go, never, I know we, we're going we, we into the holiday. We have never charged a dime. Nobody. Never, never, ever, 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 ever. So take, again, if everybody in the, in the Horn family, just one, one, uh, one person, we, every other, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but just, you know, because I don't care about it. But on occasion, I go to the Starbuckles and the, and the, and the, and the coffee places and, and spend five or six, eight dollars on a latte. If we all just did that once, if we contributed that money, just one latte a week toward Robin, she would be pretty much okay. So again, that's a, oh, and on a sad note, remember when, uh, Michelle Obama was in, I mean, Barack Obama was in that White House? You see what I did? They both were. Uh, and the, the you know, <laughs> I really, I voted for Michelle, but anyhow, um, and the, the older, and the hundred, the over a hundred year old black woman who was just, you know, and she, she danced with Obama and all that. She just passed away yesterday. She was 114 oh, wow. years old. Yes, she she got or she was yes, she was either 114 or 113 when she died. But I just think about when she went to the White House. I guess she was like 108 or something like that, or you know, around there. Can you imagine? Uh, so that meant this was, so he was, an, I don't remember what year it was, but let's just, she was born in 1900, you know, early 1900s. And, and she, as a black woman, lived to see the first black president in the White House. Her, you know, you, you got to think this, this woman, her parents, at least, or her and or her grandparents were enslaved folks. You know, like I said, I don't know her story. But she, you know, she was born, and we hadn't been that far out of, you know, out of, you know, from the Civil War. So you think about that and just the joy that she had to to be in the, not only in the White House, but to be dancing with the, the first black president. Come on, player. So it's, it's, it's those things, those, these, these beautiful things that we, that we have been witness to, that we can no longer be witness to if A, we don't have people like Robin out there talking about the importance of voting and getting involved and stuff like that. And worst of all, just mostly just being a participant, being an active member of this democracy. So come on. I'm hoping to, when I listen to the show tomorrow, I'm hoping now, I know the challenges are going to be met, but I'm hoping that the overnight folks will be, will have chipped in as well. So I know it's 502, so I don't want high beam to get in your ass about rolling over. But I just want to say I love you. And you are, and you, my dear, are fucking amazing. And no matter what anybody always, always remember, always, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how bad you feel, always remember that you are loved and cherished and adored. That matters. It really, really matters. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I thank mm-hmm. you for so it. So anyway, have, have a wonderful night, baby. I love you so much. Y'all give her some money, God damn it. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I said, y'all give her some money, God damn it, because you know I got to be stupid when I, oh, you know, by I can't the, be all and, and, and by the way, Clarence in his message said, uh, happy birthday to Tracy's mama and daddy. Yeah, my dad died. You know, my dad died in two. He died ten. Oh no, um, twenty days after nine eleven. So he's been gone now for twenty one years. So it's actually it was his heavenly birthday. That's even a thing. But you know, I still love him. I still think about him. So that part. So anyway, good night, y'all. Well, before you go, and I thought before you go, I thought I'd let you. Sh- I'd, mm-hmm. I'd share with you Lady B's note. She said, "The lady who danced." God rest her soul. She was born during segregation and Jim Crow. Do you know how momentous that meeting was? She saw her great-grandchildren's future in Obama's eyes. I wish I could donate on her behalf. Brethren, sister, and siblings, donate on her behalf. Thank you, Lady B. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I, I was there. I didn't get to see the inauguration on January twentieth, two 2009. But I was traveling to D.C. that day. And that was the first time I'd ever been on D.C. Metro. And I got lost. I, oh, Lord, I got lost. I wound up at, uh, out at National Airport when I was headed for Capitol Hill. But it was okay. I would, It was blistering cold. And I was carrying, I was carrying my broadcast rig on my back. Of course, this is all pre-transition. But I was, and, and, and the Metro was free that day. It's free, it's always free on, on Inauguration Day. And what I thought of when, when Lady B wrote, she saw her great-grandchildren's future in Obama's eyes. Um, the Metro train I was on, every Metro train I was on, was filled with... Black parents holding little bundled up toddlers in their arms. And, you know, me being a journalist and everything, I felt, you know, I, I, I talked. I've I, I interviewed people. Didn't, have, didn't stick a microphone in their face or anything, but, you know, you don't have to always do that. And without fail, everyone said... I brought my baby out in this cold today so that th- so that she could see history made and that when she's an old lady, she could say, I was there on that day. My daddy carried me on his shoulders. And obviously that was, golly, uh, that was uh, 13 years ago, 14 years ago in January. And it has stuck in my heart and in my soul. Beautiful moments. Beautiful moments. So, just that. Just that. Tracy, have a great evening, dear. Where'd you go? Well, that being the case, uh, we'll wrap up the program. A little bit of over, overtime, but I don't think I have to worry about it with Podbean simply because we won't be here tomorrow. Um, 
back on Thursday, Thorn in the Side Thursday. Thanks, everybody. I hope I hope the rest of the challenges get met. Thank you, Clarence, and thank you, Roger, earlier. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks to each and every one of you, our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this long-running discussion, howsoever you may choose to do so. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Roger and Steve and Sparky in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster and your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help fight RSV. Really get your flu shot. Uh, it's burning the place up here. I need to get mine. Um, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear your mask when you're out among the great maggot unvaxxed and unwashed. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And uh, if some guy with a big grin on his face comes down down an escalator towards you saying, I'm going to be the speaker, avoid that guy like the plague because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>